in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaid Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Plan Gon and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's gonna win this fight. He's gonna throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations, Tyron Woodley, for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts and this is what has allowed youtubers to come in and take over the sport and much much more i have them this weekend i'm just gonna let the board fall to me dalvin cook zeke cmc hopefully i can get one of those running backs i did my draft tonight as y'all can see with my fighting jersey on you have like your really really top tier wide receivers but then there's a pretty big drop off he didn't speak english so, like, the UFC, like, wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up, though, is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I... Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. Yeah. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 43. Um, I swear that Osprey intro never gets old for me. Like, <laughs> he's the man. And uh, looks like he lost uh, to Zack Sabre Jr., and he's out of the New Japan Cup, but it seems like it was a controversial tap. But I'm super excited for Osprey and Moxley in Chicago. And really what's crazy about that too is like no other match has really been announced but that match and that place is sold out. So just goes to show you the the drawing power of Moxley mixed with like a established guy like Osprey. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some clips of that Osprey and uh Zack Sabre match. It, it looked it looked sick. I mean, like just the maybe couple minutes that I saw, I was like, this is this is good stuff. I mean, what's crazy is, is like, I had heard of Zack Sabre Jr. when I first saw him live, but I'd never actually really seen him wrestle. So when I saw that Evolve show and it was Osprey and Zack Sabre and I, people had told me that like Osprey is the man, like this is going to be incredible. But you know, you hear stuff like that and you're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, dude, when I was there live and I saw that match, Osprey versus Sabre Jr., I was just like, I knew that wrestling had gotten taken to a different level than where we were at. And that was in 2016. And I was just like, oh, my God. It gave me those same feelings of when I saw, like, Davey and Kenta. Like, I was just like, this is different. And, man, that, sh that show was so stacked. And the guys in there, like, that was, like, when the U.K. was really, like, about to take over the wrestling scene. And, and you really weren't used to, like – uk high flyers and stuff like that like it was more like you know your william regal types and and people like that that were really technical and uh man that was that was a it was a crazy time yeah yeah it's funny it's or i shouldn't say funny but it's i've had some of those moments too where like for me i think it one of the moments i always remember is when i was watching uh, Tyler Black and Davey Richards having like their title matches in Ring of Honor. And I had been yep. out of the Ring of Honor loop for a minute. Like I was there like the like the really early days, but then I gravitated yep. more to like TNA for a while. And then when I got back into Ring of Honor and like that, that was like kind of the main event. And that was also when they started doing the iPay-per-views. So like you could order it live and not have to wait for the DVDs and all that stuff. And I remember seeing Davey Richards and Tyler Black and being like, all right, this is like, they've leveled up like these are this yeah. is like just a completely different yeah it, it's it's eye-opening and it's exciting you're like wait how many other people are doing it's kind of like when i start, got you kind of like back into the indies last year yeah and you were like you thought they were going to be at like a certain level and you're like dude these yep. are like as good as the people on tv like i like I, there's this whole other world of this that i need to get into again yep well and it was exciting too because it was kind of like i mean i remember even having this conversation possibly like like, I was like, if there's a, you know, a PWG, like, who's going to BOLA in this new class? And, like, I had no idea about any of the, any of the guys. And I'm like, who's who's good? Who's even good right now? And now, like, I mean, I can name you a whole list of people. And people always think and, – and that was one of the frustrating things for me where it was like, man, AEW is so stacked and they have everybody now. But I'm like, dude, there's a whole, like, young crew out there that needs to be signed. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's definitely been cool to see like the new generation, but I don't think you'll ever get to where they were like uh, like the top because basically it was like it had to take WWE to open the door 
to just let these guys go in. They were ready for probably five years before they even were allowed to be in the door, you know? And it was the same thing with like the TNA guys, like AJ Styles and Robert Roode and all these other guys could have gone in a long time ago, but they just were like, yeah, we don't, we don't take TNA people or we don't, you know, take independent people. We don't take those ROH guys. And then once NXT was created, it like opened the door for everyone to come in and, it, it changed wrestling, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. One one of the I know I think we've talked about it on the show before, but I mean we're forty three episodes into this, and we did some shows together before live rounds, right? We came live rounds, so we've done this for a while now. And I remember we talked about this at some point, but um, like it was so disappointing when John. I remember a story about John Cena. I can't remember who told the story, but it was somebody who like wouldn't be lying about it. It was like. I don't want to. I don't want to name names because I, I could be wrong. But it was someone who was very high up in the decision making like process with WWE, and it was at like kind of the peak of John Cena becoming like the top guy in the company. But they were running out of people for him because like he he went out there and he beat everybody, right? Like he beat Michaels and Triple H and Undertaker and like everybody, like in. And apparently they approached him with like, hey, we're really interested in signing AJ Styles, James Storm, like these kind of guys from Impact. And he was like, no, we create our own stars here. And it's like, dude, you could have had all those guys and had all those matches and people wouldn't have turned on Cena so hard either because those matches probably would have been fire. So like, um, also really quick before we get into everything, as always, shout out to Unkind Esports for being a part of the show. Never want to forget to talk about them before we get into everything here as people kind of trickle into the show here. Um, shout out to everybody there. I know there's uh, some kind of medical stuff going on with some of the people, uh, some of the people there that we want to have our thoughts out for. And uh, we just really appreciate them being a part of the show. Uh, if you're into video games, they're the place for you. Uh, Rob Van Dam's a part of the company, big part of the company. Um, so there's a lot of wrestling fans, a lot of MMA fans as a part of their uh, kind of their community. So you can check them out on Twitch. You can check out their website, which is unkindesports.com. And also make sure to follow them on Twitter at unkindesports. Um, they're looking for play, people to play games. They're looking for people to help with social media. They're looking for people just to get involved. And uh, I think if you haven't already, jump over there and become a part of the community. So as always, thank you to Unkind Esports. Once again, that's unkindesports.com and at unkindesports on all social media. And also Jay Hibbert, who has been making graphics and intro and outro videos for us want to give him a shout out real quick as well um just want to let you know because i know you're watching the show um the current graphic nothing was wrong with the one that you sent uh we just prefer to have it this way um we just like it and also i have the ability to change the graphic on the fly this way without having to have all the assets from someone else making it and having to update it so it's just easier to do it this way um but the intro and outro that you'll see on the show each week that's him um and he did a great job on that stuff and we have an even more updated outro coming out next week we just didn't have time to put it on uh tonight and then also do the show on time so uh so thank you to, uh, to jay hibbert for that as well and uh and also before we get into all the wrestling and mma talk and as, as i see people are trickling in make sure to hit the thumbs up make sure to subscribe if you have super chats send them in we already have a super chat from uh jeff skid or Jeff's kid, I'm not sure. Um, Jeff's kid or Jeff's kid, um, which we'll read out here in just a second. If you want your voices heard, we'll make sure to read out your comments, your statements, we'll answer your questions, put them up on the screen. There's the donation link in the description too. So if you don't want to send your money through YouTube, you can send it to me through PayPal. Me and Doug still split it and you still get your questions and answers read uh, and all that stuff. 
Doug, you see that big signing by the Vikings today? Man, whatever. Like, so many Cowboy people wanted him. And, I mean, it's a good signing. It is a risky signing just because he came off of coming off of a back injury. But, I mean, I'm not going to crap on it. Like, we would have took him for sure. Uh, I, I really like the move for you guys just because it, uh, to have you're keeping Daniil Hunter. That's a key piece, too. He restructured gonna, right after they if, signed him. If you yeah. were going to move on from Daniil Hunter and only go with him, then that would be kind of it. But the fact that you do – and then what you could really do is um, go get the Georgia defensive tackle at number 12, who's an absolute monster – um, Jerry and Davis, I, I, I don't know if his, the first name's right, but Davis is his last name for sure. If you really want to plug up the middle two and just make that line disgusting, that's what you should do. I think we're going to go cornerback. I'm pretty confident because we're that's like our one big weakness right now is, and we have like the 12th pick, I think. Yeah. So unless something changes, like. I don't think Sauce Gardner will fall to you. He's the number one corner. I think he'll go probably to like within the first like seven picks or so. Um, Stingley is 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 up there from LSU. He um, he had like really good tape when like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all of them were there. And then like once he knew that that championship team was done, like he basically checked out. Like he just didn't play as hard. Didn't and his tape doesn't match up at all. So there's some question marks on that kid, but he could be like amazing also. So it's, it's, you know, but he's up there. There's a couple of kids. There's a kid from Washington. That's good. Um, There'll definitely be a corner there for sure. It's just if, if, but if you're going to go like best player available, like Jerry Davis might be the guy he's a, he, he could be like Aaron Donald, like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just really happy with everything that the Vikings management's doing. Since the last time we talked, I think Jordan Kirk. Davis, thank you. I, I think Kirk had already been his contract had already been figured out by the time yep. we did the show last week. But since Randy then, Gregory screwed us that day, and that's then I had right. to get on. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm over it now. But it, it's it's man. <laughs> But you since then, uh, Adam Thielen and uh, Harrison Smith both restructured. Also, that both of them and Harrison and uh, Daniel Hunter and like I mean, they're they they are they have a buy-in with the new leadership clearly because all these guys are taking restructures to stay to try to win a Super Bowl. So like yeah. you know that's very exciting for someone like me. So. Yeah. No, I mean it, it. It looks pretty good. I mean, you know, it's it's really going to be about Kirk Cousins' play and and how that offense, that new offense, is is going to really help and if it succeeds. And if it does, then I mean, I think you guys should be the favorite in the division. The fact that Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams, I mean, I think that's huge. And no matter what, if, if Green Bay runs back, this the same team is not there. So it's like. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is coming back, but I mean they lost a huge piece to their offense. So really, the only coach that's still there is uh, is the head coach. I'm yeah. blanking on his name, not Nathaniel Hackett. But he's the one who left. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why are we blanking on these people? Yeah, young, younger um, dude. I know um, what you're talking about though. But yeah, the head coach is still there, but um, they're like, yeah, they're they're not the same team at all. You'd be in a lot better shape. Um, like I said, I think the division could be yours. Yeah, I hope so. I, de- I definitely and hope so. All the te- all the great players are going to the AFC. Like everyone is leaving the NFC. 
And I'm Matt, like Matt LaFleur, by the way, is who there you go. Yeah. And I'm like, take care. See you later. Go. Get out of here. So yeah. it's uh it, it's gonna be a good good see, and this this so this is the thing here, okay? And this <laughs> is what I think people need to understand, right? It's not all about names. Names can get you uh it, names can be a disaster, right? The fact that, okay, so let, let's talk about Deshaun Watson, right? Mm-hmm. The guy now is guaranteed $230 million. <laughs> he hasn't played in over a year. They have no picks. They have nothing for the next He like, could three still years. get suspended by the NFL potentially. He could still get suspended. Why was it that they were the only team to do that? Because they're a dumpster fire. They are a bad team. They have to do something like that. They're at the mercy of a bad deal. Um, and then people are like, well, the Rams and it, did they get Von Miller this time? No, he got too expensive. He went somewhere else. Like at some point you have to draw the line on certain players. In my opinion, and this is my thing too, right? Okay. So you, you like Stefan Diggs, right? Yeah, for sure. I like him even better that we got, uh, Justin Jefferson for him. Great player, right? Did, did does he does he suck? Did he suck when he went to Buffalo? No, no. But what happened? You knew that there was something there in that organization between Minnesota and him that just wasn't clicking, and it was time to move on. Yeah, that's the same thing with Amari Cooper. I don't want Amari Cooper there if they don't want to use him, if they don't like him, if they don't like that he doesn't have a dog in him. So I. Why why am I going to be upset if we're going to move on from him if I know they don't want him there? You sure. know what I mean? What did like you get a return for him? Oh, it's just a fifth-round pick. But that's just a dump uh, uh, salary because at the sure. end of the day, like if you look at Matt Ryan, he's a third-round pick. He's way he's worth way more he than a third-round so pick. He makes so much money, yeah. But he's yeah. $46 million, so you can only get so much. Amari Cooper was on the books for $22 million. Who's going to give you – a first round pick and pay $22 million for Amari Cooper. No, no, and that's the thing too, what people yeah. fail to understand. The NFL is telling you what this guy is worth. What this guy is worth in the whole NFL, every team is saying, I will not give you more than a fifth round pick for that guy. So it just is what it is. And then with Leo Collins, he got the exact same contract we gave him. No team was willing to give him more money to leave. And when we cut him, we cut him because we viewed him as a backup. Like he lost his job to Terrence Steele. Like that's what happened. Whether that's right or not, whether Terrence Steele's a better player or not, they decided to go with him. So it is what it is. And then we got Dante Fowler Jr., which I really think is actually going to be way better than people think because a lot of it too is about the coach and who the player's with. And Dan Quinn was with him in college. Dan Quinn was with him in Atlanta. So like they have a rapport together. He knows how to use him. And then James Washington was basically brought in to replace Cedric Wilson. And we're just kind of like at a standstill, but I didn't expect us to retain Dalton Schultz. I thought he was gone. I was really worried to lose curse. We got curse back. I I was nervous. I wasn't happy about losing our punter. He was an all pro last year. He made the pro bowl and um, we got him back. We've got yeah, that matters a lot more than people realize too. That that like just casually yeah. watch football, like the punter and the and the place kicker are like literal like season changers if you have a good one. Especially, especially if you have a good defense. Yeah, 
Because yeah. then if you can back up a team and you bring out a good defense in there, then they can't do much. So I'm uh I I'm I'm not I'm not thrilled about what's going on, but man, this is just a small piece in 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 the whole puzzle here. We we still have the draft. The draft is huge. Yeah. And then after the draft, and what I do like though, we're getting out of all of our bad contracts. When we signed Zeke, we signed Lael Collins, we signed Jalen Smith, we signed Zeke. Demarcus Lawrence was overpaid. We restructured, we redid Demarcus Lawrence, not restructured, redid his. Just ripped deal. it up and redid He's it. He's taking yeah. less money to stay, yeah. right? We're going to get rid of the Zeke contract next year. We're off the books of Lael Collins, we're off the books of Jalen Smith. Like we're getting out of all of our bad contracts. So we'll have all the money for our future stars and Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons and all those other guys. Dak again, because Dak's only got like two, three years left on his deal. So and another one one last thing with the Cowboys is is one thing that they're different than a lot. Your GM just got hired, right? He has yeah. to prove himself. He he has year to year to prove himself. My GM can't be fired. So he can prepare for five, 10 years down the road and nothing will happen to him. So good or bad, it's just he's not go. They're not going to be just carelessly spending because they're so worried about this year. They're focused. They got a five year plan. OK, and people are frustrated with their five year plan because they want to win a Super Bowl now. And sometimes that can happen and sometimes they can't. But at the end of the day, we're never going to be that team that's just going to throw all of our chips in to see if we can do this thing. It's just not going to happen. And sometimes that can help you, though, because you're not going to be tied down these terrible contracts. It's going to kill your franchise. So it could go either way. That's a really good point, though, about Jerry Jones and, like, that family. Like, they'll, they'll it'll that'll always be within his family. So, like, yep. they never have to worry about about that side of it, like, with, like, the GM like like with uh, the Browns, I think a big part of the reason they got desperate and are, I'm not gonna sit here and knock like completely knock the idea of having Deshaun Watson because like if he doesn't if he is able to play all season, he doesn't have any off the field issues or anything. Like he's an elite level quarterback, but like I think a, but 230 million fully guaranteed given the situation is nuts to me. But I think a big part of it is Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat as a head coach already. He's a great coach in my opinion, but yeah. he's they're the, they're the kind of team that just moves on quick from stuff. Like their quarterback changes like every couple seasons, their head coach changes, everything changes in the organization over and over and over again. Um, Cause it's just, uh, it is constant quick fixes, but, um, but no, I, I think that's a really good point about the GM that you brought up with, with the Jones family though, because that, that does change the perspective or the motivation, I guess, for a lot of the, because like for me, and like you just said, with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, the new GM for the Vikings, with Kevin yep. uh, O'Connell being the new head coach of the Vikings, they, they I think they looked at this thing and said, we can pretty much run it back with the team we have with new leadership, but like, let's go out of our way to like make a splash too. Like if there are good people available, let's go get them. Like right. was it Arius, uh, their uh, last name? Zedarius Smith. Uh, Smith. Smith. I knew it was like a, yeah. I almost I knew it was like a very common name. Zedarius Smith. Um, in his interview today, it was all about like him and Daniel Hunter came up into the draft the same year, so like they knew each other from like the combine and stuff. They played in the Pro Bowl together, and he said he has a signed Vikings jersey from Daniel Hunter from years ago that says like 
man, I hope we get to play on the same team together one day. And like, so like they're already boys. So like yep. they're ready to come in here and just tear shit up together. So yep. like, I mean, I, it's, it's, and then we got, you know, Anthony Barr and we're going to get rid of Anthony Barr if we haven't already. We still got Eric Kendricks. We still got Harrison Smith. We still got Michael Pierce. Like we have, um, we have a good, wait, wait, do we get rid of Michael? We got rid of Michael Pierce. We still have Dalvin Tomlinson. I think Michael Pierce went to the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow, that was actually good because he's the dude who sat out COVID year as well. Like we missed mm-hmm. an entire year of him. Yeah. I was thinking about Tomlinson, I believe. Um, but anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about it. And uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait for the draft. This year, I'm actually very, very, very excited for the draft and interested in it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like as the draft gets closer, I'll start to really tell you what's what's out there that's definitely a possibility and what's going to what, what could possibly happen because i mean i listen to draft podcasts all day long every day and all sorts of different ones and i uh, i absolutely love the draft and, and and the reason i fell in love with the draft is that's the way the cowboys get star players right we don't we don't do free agency so like this is my chance to get star players is the draft so yeah. and, and and this is another thing too that a lot of people have to, if if you're a bad drafting team then you're you're always going to have cap space because you're not even going to want to pay your future guys because they turned out to be crap. But if you draft well, then you really have to watch your cap because you're always going to be trying to pay those future players when their contracts are up. So it's just a different ball game, and it's just there's so many different ways you can do this thing, and that's why it makes it so hard to win. Because there's just so many things. And, like, it just mid-season, the Rams were able to find a way to get Von Miller and Odell Beckham. That's yeah. not supposed to happen. And people are like, oh, they won the offseason. You win the offseason. The- that was mid-season that they did that. Like, it, you can – this whole thing is just ongoing. You never know um, what's going to happen. And the fact that people think they've already won the Super Bowl in the offseason, uh, the first week of free agency, <laughs> give me a break. Like, this is – this is an ongoing thing. Yeah, I mean, your quarterback can go out for the season on the first pass of the, of the entire yeah. season, and like Tom Brady can just window. throw a pass, and just all of a sudden it just is gone. It just yeah. go, it just goes straight to the ground. And he just starts throwing ducks in the air because he's he's just toast. It's over. He's 45, 46, whatever he is. So you never know. Hell yeah! All right. Well. That's good for football talk. We're both pumped. Yeah. I love, I love the NFL. Yeah, I'm glad that we had to talk about that. Let's let's uh, let's do some super chats. I know we had a couple comments. Sounds in. good. Jeff's kid ninety six. Appreciate for the super chat. Uh, Jericho kicks out of Hager from Jericho Appreciation Society and replaces him with Matt Cardona. I think Matt could play that gimmick perfectly. What do you think? Um. Wait. So Jericho kicks Hager out from the JAS. Um, that's kind of random. I don't know if I'd do that or not. Um, the thing that I like about Hager with that group is I'm not a huge fan of him really in the ring. And I think most people would probably agree with that, but he is good as Jericho's bodyguard. Right. Um, so I'm not saying I'm against the idea though, cause I'm obviously a very big fan of Matt Cardona and like, he can really pull off anything. It seems like he's been killing it everywhere. Um, so I love the idea of getting Cardona involved. But um, I don't know if he's the best fit for that group, and I do I do like Hay- Hager with uh, with Jericho. What about you, Doug? So I think that without a group 
then I think you need to release Hager. I just don't think that there's anything for him without some type of group like this. There's just not, it would be one of those things where I just don't think they would renew his contract, but in a group, I also think that it gives some semblance of this is similar to inner circle because you still have somebody from the inner circle in that group. So I think that that's kind of important and it kind of shows that, like, this is the exact same formation. Like, Daniel Garcia is Sammy. Uh, whatever they are, what are they, 2.0 or whatever? They are um, the Santana Ortiz. And then Hager's the muscle in the group. And then Jericho, right? So, I don't hate it. Um, and, but I do feel like, in my opinion, if I were to see what I think should happen is, like, I think that MJF should hire Killer Cross to take like on Wardlow. Like, I think I think MJF or, you know, whoever, if you're going to hire a muscle, I think it needs to be, like, a big badass guy. So Cardona, to me, doesn't really fit that bill. Um, I, I'm, where, where could you put Cardona in AEW at this point? Because the problem is, is... He's kind of a title contender everywhere he's going right now. And in AEW, like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you would do with him. Yeah, and his only time that he's done anything in AEW is basically just, like, being a best friend of Cody, who, you know, who yeah. knows what's going on with that right that now. that guy? Um, I, I'm with a lot of people in the chat, by the way. We've talked about this before, but, like, I... I don't. I think Daniel Garcia will, at some point, probably fairly soon, he'll be hanging around 2.0 and Jericho enough to be like, these guys are corny. Like, I I don't belong here. And I think he will eventually join Mox, uh, Regal, and and Danielson. Okay, um, so if he did that though, who would be a good replacement for him? Um, someone that I think could benefit from being kind of like an entertainer type Agreed. group. Um, Because I got to imagine like Moriarty and uh, Wheeler Yuta, they alluded to that last week. I think those guys will eventually wind up with with the Regal group. Right. Um, That's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think of people that currently have. Sammy made sense. Like Sammy made sense for the inner circle. But I, I can't think of anybody off of the top of my head that's like a young guy. That's like up and coming. That would be that would fit that role. Uh, I mean, maybe like a Ricky Starks, but he's kind of already doing that with Team Taz. But like, I think Ricky Starks, like he's really a sports entertainer type guy. But you know, he can what, go you, know you know what would be kind of funny? It's like if Orange Cassidy turned heel and all of a sudden <laughs> became like an over the top sports entertainer, no longer boring, like completely changed his persona. And was just like uh, more like the fancy jackets and just the whole thing. It's a completely different guy. I think that would be funny because it that does kind of seem like the best friends are kind of ending. Because if you're taking Wheeler Yuta out and then Chris Statlander looks like she's kind of going her own way, then I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Orange would, would do something like that. I think that would be funny. That That would be very interesting. I'm gonna look at AEW's roster right now. I mean, there's there's a bunch of like indie guys I could probably 
you know, come up with that I'm like just a big fan of, but like more realistically, if it's someone who's like there already, someone in the chat said Tony Nice. I don't think that really matches. Tony Nice is a veteran. Like people don't, people might not realize yeah. how long he's been around. Yeah. Um, he's very good in the ring though, but uh, I just don't see him being. This this would be kind of cool too if MJF hired Brian Cage to uh, take out Wardlow. I, I like that a lot. Brian Cage and Wardlow have a lot of similarity. Like you know, like they match. Yeah. Seeing them match up with one another would be, I like that. Um, I'm like kind of going down their roster right now and trying. You know who? He's also been around a while. You know who would be perfect would be Ethan Page. Yeah. Like, cause he would fit in so well with like the goofiness of those other guys. Yeah, and you could still build. I think, build that, him I as think a that he guy. would. I think he would be better though, like to replace Hager, because he's much bigger. Like, if that's what you were gonna do. Yeah, I mean Hook, but he's kind of got his own oh, thing Lord. going on. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Especially um, sports entertainer. Danella would have been good in a group like that. I think his ship's kind of sailed wow. in AEW and he's leaving. But like, but he is like an over the top, like with the glasses and the whole wow. sports entertainer type thing. He would look like a poor man's Jericho. Like it would be funny. It'd be perfect. Act, yeah, it'd be funny <laughs> if he acted like Jericho, but it was just like the great value version of Jericho. <laughs> I could see. I mean, probably. By the way, did you listen to that interview with Janella? Janella. Oh, with Denise and Denise. Um, not all of it, but I, I got it. I, I, I actually saw like the, the this transcription of a lot of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was basically like he was basically saying that even if they offered him to come back, he wouldn't come back. And it's not that he's that upset about it; like he really appreciates them and all. But he uh, he just he wants to do his own thing. And but it does sound like they kind of ghost you when they're done with you. Like they're not calling people and letting them know they're not renewing their contracts. They're just not talking to them anymore. But he thinks what got him done was. Uh, he broke Eddie Kingston's orbital bone mm-hmm. going into the Jericho match. And he kind of already had a reputation of being dangerous and sloppy. And so he thinks that's the one that really made them uh, want to move on from him. So, but yeah. I've always thought that guy was GCW. That's what he represents. That's who he is, in my opinion. Um, I think it's cool that he got an AEW paycheck and made some decent money. And uh, I still, I, I still enjoy him wrestling. I'm looking forward to his match with X-Pac. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that there's definitely going to be a, a big difference in um, the presentation of AEW from when it first started to where they are. You can already see a huge difference. But I just think that you can kind of tell what Tony's not a fan of, I guess you would say. Because yeah. all of a sudden, just stuff just kind of goes away, and, and I, I don't know if um, that goes into the Cody thing, but to me, uh, let's answer the super chat real quick. Dirty, appreciate the super chat as always, man. Do you agree with AEW putting Wardlow in a title match if he was going to lose? Uh, I guess it just depends on how it was it was going to happen and who's he going up against and, and all that stuff. And also, are you saying dirty that you believe that Wardlow has to be champion at some point? Um, I just, 
The thing with Wardlow to me, like I think I think it really will test Tony as a booker because he is not your average AEW guy, right? Yes, he came up in AEW. That's where we learned to 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 know about him and all that stuff, but like he is not your typical AEW five-star match wrestler guy. So um, I'd be curious to see how they would book him. But so far, everything's worked out really well. Like the storylines have been intriguing. It reminds people of Batista and Triple H and all that stuff. But I think he's more talented than Batista, um, especially in the ring. And uh, I think he has a really good presence about him. I think he's a, he's a good up-and-coming young star. So I just don't know. It, the problem is, too, it, and I don't know if this is just a WWE thing, but it's like you only matter if you're champion in, in people's eyes. And, man, that belt is only going to touch so many people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not nearly at – I'm not really upset that Wardlow would lose – hit at like the TNT title opportunity I'm more and some people really might not like hearing me say this I just got to keep it real like because I gave it a chance I I'm honestly just not that into Scorpio Sky being the TNT champion yeah like so that is like him losing to Scorpio kind of kind of lame in my opinion um but if it was I mean it was because of MJF though no no of of course but but I just think that like for whatever reason, Tony Khan just like decided at the beginning of AEW, it seems like, like, all right, at some point, Scorpio Sky is going to be the TNT champion. I think he decided it like right around the time the company started. Cause well, they said that it, a year ago that it was already yeah. made a decision that he was supposed to be TNT champion. Right. So, and I, I totally believe that because you can see the I way that they, that they book stuff. Like he was the first guy to get the pinfall on Jericho and Jericho is the champion. And like that tag match, yep. he had like multiple times where he went out there and came like really close and they were constantly alluding to like one day he will be the TNT champion. So he, he signed a five-year deal also. Yeah. And, and is, he wasn't even being used that much. And then he re-signed a five-year deal, which to me made me go, Hmm, something's up there. Yeah. One, when also, you know, he's like, He's like around 40 years old. Yeah, um, I know. So it isn't like this is like some young up and coming like guy who's going to be. This isn't like an MJF type scenario. This is like or like a Darby Allen type scenario or something like that. This is like a guy who like, in my opinion, isn't that over. But like he has solid matches. But like in a company like AEW, nothing he does stands out above anyone else because uh, most other people are, are more entertaining in my opinion. Like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I think Ethan page is more entertaining than Scorpio sky and they're tag team partners. Um, yeah. you know, um, so I guess the, but the only reason I even bring that up is because it's one thing for Wardlow to lose because of the circumstances in MJF. But it's another thing when like he's losing to a guy that like the part of the problem too, is like Scorpio sky didn't have like any singles matches for like the last year. Um, and then just like became the TNT champion. Like he, I don't know. So something just seems off about that whole thing to me, um, for whatever reason, but, um, maybe he'll prove me wrong and I'll have like a really sick reign with the title. And I hope that he does because it, it, it's one of those things where it's not like I dislike Scorpio sky. It's just like when you have that roster and you look at all the other champions that have held these titles, I just don't think Scorpio is in the same league as those people just personally. So. 
Yeah, for sure. Hey, guys, if you can, please smash that like button for us. It helps us out. It helps people see this. Uh, it helps YouTube understand to promote us, I guess you would say. So if you can, please smash that like button. If you guys have any more Super Chats, send them our way. Um, definitely appreciate all the support. Uh, I guess I guess when you talk about Cody, so, I mean, it looks like, you know, we've been we've been going on about Cody for a long time now. Um, it looks like he's he's signed now. It's official, right? He's going to the WWE. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 a hundred percent at this point, and they keep dropping those stupid hints too, yeah. like oh, it's Seth Rollins' nightmare, and you know all this. His road to WrestleMania, the capital R. You're right. Like, yeah, yeah it, it, come on. Um, so I, I guess what what for me, I've just been thinking about like where things kind of like went wrong. And I really think a big part of it was like, it was said out loud, but nobody really wanted to accept it. Like they thought it was part of the storyline, but I think that it was the truth. And I think the biggest issue was, I think Cody was legit hurt by the fans response to him. I, I think that that legit bothered him. Because I feel like he thought that I'm part of the, I'm one of the leaders of this revolution. There's no way these people will hate me. And then when they started to hate him, he didn't want to embrace it, in my opinion. I think that he really wanted to be the baby face guy no matter what. He comes out there, he's John Cena basically, right? He's getting booed, he's getting cheered. He likes the mixed reaction. I personally think a mixed reaction can be a good thing because it just gets everybody involved. Everybody's doing something, right? But if you go back and watch the Rose at the Top, and I know everybody thinks reality TV is rigged and all that stuff, but, I mean, some of the conversations he had with QT about kind of how he lost the people. And then I remember, like, uh, the Malachi after the Malachi Black match, like, Tony goes into Tony Con or Cody goes into Tony Khan's office and they're talking and he he almost seemed like he wanted to retire right then and there. And Tony was like taken back by it. And then it was like, everything's going to be OK. We'll figure it out. You know, get some rest. Come on back, you know. And then like when Rhodes from the top is gone, I really feel like when Cody came back to New Year's Grand Slam or whatever, that, that New York show, the Grand Slam show, not New Year's, but New York. I really think at that point on, it went south. And I think that he never wanted to turn heel, and I think Tony wanted him to turn heel. I think that was a huge part of this, is that Tony wanted him to turn heel, and Cody being reminded that he's no longer an EVP, he no longer has this freedom over his character or whatever he wanted to do is like, why, why am I here? They don't like me anymore. And I don't really want to be here under these circumstances. And I feel like that it just went South. Yeah. And that's all very possible. Like, I, I, I don't know. I've definitely thought about all this myself, you know, it just, I, I don't know. There's just really no way of knowing. I mean, that all, all that stuff definitely makes sense. Um, and there's just, absolutely people in the locker room did not like Cody. There's absolutely people in the locker room that love Cody too. So don't get twisted. I'm not saying everyone hated him, 
but there were definitely people that did not like him for whatever reason. And I, I just think that, I think that Cody carried an aura about himself because he was one of the guys that started this whole thing. And I think that he deserved that though. Like I really, he's a huge part of this. And so just him not being there, like I can tell from Bill, like he's still having a hard time with it. You know, like he just doesn't want to even accept this idea. He just thinks it's crazy. And I, I don't know. And I also think that he was offered more money than you can count. You know what I mean? Like he's, he was offered a ridiculous contract. Um, and, and we'll, and we'll see what happens. I mean, me personally, I think this whole WrestleMania buildup to his match has been God awful. Like, I don't, I don't understand if you're going to use Cody Rhodes, Cody should have shown up a long time ago. And whether it's the whole go big show thing or whatever, like at least he could have had a vignette. Like, while. Seth Rollins is begging for something at WrestleMania. Cody could have had a vignette that's flat or just something like, but like this whole thing of just Seth has no opponent all the way till the very last raw. And, he, and maybe even then we won't have anything, but I, at some point something has to happen because he says he's going to hold the show hostage. So I, I don't know. I just feel like everything that they had momentum wise and everything, like it just, it's all fallen flat and just weird, man. Like it, it, AEW feels totally fine without Cody though. That's the weird thing, right? Like they've established themselves where they don't really need Cody, but it's, it's just kind of weird and unfortunate how everything fell apart. Yeah. I mean, the, if he is in fact going to be Seth Rollins opponent, as so many people are speculating, this is such a lame ass way of like reintroducing mm. Cody. Cause like totally he's the guy coming back to wrestle a guy who can't get on WrestleMania. Like, like this guy lost to Kevin Owens two weeks ago. He lost, well, him and AJ had a, had a DQ finish last night. And by the way, I actually watched that match. It was a really good match between Rollins and AJ, but then it was ruined by, edge coming out and hit it which i called before it even happened i was like oh i guarantee this i was like this match is too good to have a finish for the wwe like this something something will happen um and i was like i bet it's edge because you know edge is the one wrestling aj um and aj is still so freaking good like oh yeah man Um, i think him and edge is gonna be much better than people think like i know that they think it's gonna be good but i think it could be like you know definitely talked about as a match of the year type candidate if they really want to go out there yeah i agree so it's so it's it's just it's just lame to like have rollins in this position when it's just it's very bizarre that they have the roster they have and like seth rollins is clearly one of the best people they have overall on the roster the fans know it the wrestlers know it like everybody knows it um but like logan paul and uh Pat McAfee and dry Knoxville and like all these other wrestlers that like rank way lower on the totem pole than Seth Rollins does. Like all these people have paths to WrestleMania. Um, but you, but Seth Rollins does, it just doesn't make any sense at all that Seth Rollins would be in a position where he's having to beg his way onto the show. And that's the way it looks is like, I think Raw will probably start this Monday and he'll probably be in the ring in a chair. Like how, you know, Randy Savage tried to like hold court on Nitro that one time, sat down the chair and, and 
eventually probably Cody, if this is how it all winds up going down and Cody is the one to like answer the call, it's like, oh, great. So Seth Rollins begged and begged and begged to get into WrestleMania and he's only on the show now because Cody has returned out of into the WWE audience's knowledge out of the complete blue. Like these people, these kids that, that didn't even see him during his first run are going to be like, oh, they probably watch AEW. Like one thing I got to definitely point out is I saw people, WWE fans on Twitter today going, there was, they were like celebrating that like the 18 to 49 demo has gone up in recent weeks. Like last night it stayed steady throughout the entire show. And I'm like, it's all Cody fans. Like it's people yeah. that are tuning in to see Cody and they're all going to bail once he finally shows up. Right. So like, so it's, it's very, very weird how this whole thing has gone down. And, uh, it's just really unfortunate as a fan of Cody that like, this is, I'm going to support the dude. I'm going to be a fan, but like, I'm not excited about him going there. At this well, point. Like if I just tell you on paper, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, WrestleMania sounds pretty good, right? Like, it's like, okay, sounds pretty good. And they have gotten to a point to where it, it's not even good because it's just like the buildup is so bad. And I don't even think Cody's showing up at that Raw either. I think they're going to probably be like, you know, they'll send out the Raw GM or whatever, and they'll be like, well, you know, we'll guarantee you a match at WrestleMania. How about that? How about an open challenge, Seth, that you can just leave it out there and anybody can answer the call, right? And then there were times, too, I heard where Cody was chanting, like the people were chanting Cody's name, and Seth was like, oh, those are just rumors or something. Like, He acknowledged it. Yeah. Why even do that? Like, you should be totally shocked when Cody Rhodes shows up, right? I just – this whole thing has just been completely botched, in my opinion. And it's not a good sign of what's in the future for Cody. Well, especially if he goes in there and loses to this guy right. after after Seth has lost and lost and lost and lost and been begged his way onto the show. If he comes in and loses, like especially because I think I think an open challenge. I've thought about that as well. I think an open challenge would make a lot of sense too, because people associate the open challenge with Cody and AEW with the TNT title. So yeah, it's like, that is true. So that it's like true. he's coming out to answer the challenge, and that's kind of his thing. So especially then, if he lost. It's even lamer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because that, that's the saddest thing about all of this is like, if this goes down the way that we expect it to, and it's him and Rollins at WrestleMania, him and Brock is exciting to me. Him and Roman is exciting to me. Him and Orton is exciting to me. Nothing else outside of like some wrestlers that I'm just a fan of, like a, like a Chad Gable or a Riddle or something like that, that would just be kind right. of a cool match. But outside yeah. of that, that's like all there is for him. That's exciting. Which is him and him and yeah. Steiner down the line, maybe once Steiner's established, that could be interesting potentially. Um, but maybe Breaker, yes, sorry, Braun Breaker with two Ks. Yeah, the, um, right there, you go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny, but yeah, that's um, that's the sad. That's the, that's the saddest part of it is like AEW still has infinitely more matches for Cody that are way more interesting and stories that are way more interesting. The only, the only exciting, the, the best story they could do for me would be like, if Cody actually won the WWE title, then it would be like, at least, at least he accomplished that. And like, that's a probably a huge deal to him. Still people will be like, you're a mark. If you think that, 
Well, Cody was born into wrestling. His family, no, no one with the last name Rhodes has ever been the WWE champion. His family's always been like the black sheep of, of the WWE. For him to win that title probably would mean a lot to him and a lot to Dustin and a lot to, you know, the memory of Dusty Rhodes and all this stuff. Like, so it'd be cool to see him become the WWE champion. But like, as far as matches and stuff, there's very, very little meat on the bones there for like what, what I think they'll actually have him doing. So, yeah. Cody and it Cody versus AJ or Edge would be cool. I would I would agree with that. Sure. Um Yeah, so my I, I guess I would say like if you could control the booking of Cody going in, like what kind of character do you think he should be? See, that's another thing that's like they have to it they I think they have to approach the situation in with the mindset that the audience knows what Cody has accomplished outside of WWE since a hundred percent. If they don't, it is just such a failure. Right. But, but the, the, the problem with that potentially is that so much of the audience is young and, and newer to wrestling that like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much, like, we get it, and, like, we're tuning in right now specifically for it, but, like, I don't know how much of, like, the the weekly WWE audience paid that much attention to stuff even just outside of the WWE in general. I don't know how much they do. So, like, it's just, it's going to be very interesting because you also might have people that literally only watch WWE and they remember Cody as Stardust or the dude with the the clear face mask and the brown bags, which by the way, I thought was like the most underrated gimmick ever. I love the undashing Cody Rhodes gimmick personally. But, you know, I, that's the other thing too, is like if, if Vince might go into it, see, there's so many layers to this. I don't think Vince would be making a play like this if he didn't see Cody as a main event level guy now. Yeah. But, I also think there's part of his brain that probably thinks, well, my audience knows him as Stardust. So it's kind of weird to have him come in and be like a championship level guy. Cause last time they saw him, he was a jobber, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know which way this is all going to go. And I also am, am, am very weary of the idea of like them having these plans for Cody big plans. And he goes in and he does everything he can. He performs and the matches are good but Vince still doesn't quite see it. And then it's just right back down to like mid card obscurity yeah. for him. So, right. well, and to me, part of the problem is Seth Rollins's character is so terrible. And like, I remember watching the Austin podcast and Seth and Austin's like, man, you figured it out kid. And Seth's like, yeah, you know, I think we got one here. No, this thing is terrible. Like him just laughing all the time and over the top cocky. It, the music's just, terrible too. It's like music's different terrible, songs mashed together. It's right. Like He's in these drip god suits. They're awful. Like the whole thing is really bad. But like back in the day, Seth Rollins was a prideful dude that really like waved the WWE flag and was like calling out indie guys and calling out people talking about like, if you think you're the best in the world, come face me. I'm the best. I think Seth should be much more of that. And, and look at Cody as a traitor. And look at Cody as a guy that's come crawling back to Vince and he's here to take him out. You know, like something like that. And I think Cody needs to almost act like he, he is here to save the WWE because he knows where they're going 
and he's here to come back to save it because it's on such a bad path. Like, I think if they went with that storyline, I think a lot of people would be really into it because then Seth's saying there's nothing wrong with the WWE. This is the best place. You're come crawling back. And Cody's like, I came back here to save this company because I know where it's heading. And, you know, like, I think that that would be a much more interesting dynamic than just poor little Seth Rollins can't find a WrestleMania match. And hopefully Cody's going to answer the call to help him out. Like that is terrible. Yeah, that's real weak. And it's also one of those things. It's just hard for me. It's hard for me to like imagine that Cody signed off on this being the scenario. Like it, I, I can't imagine that like when he negotiated and they made these plans to do this thing at WrestleMania that like, I'm sure he had a, a say in or had uh, was in the note to some degree of like what the creative was going to be for all this, but like also not being an EVP and stuff like a, he might just strictly, he just signed and they're just going to do whatever they're going to do with him. And he's going to take the bag, you know, take millions of dollars and just do whatever they want him to. Or maybe we get really, really lucky and Vince sees this as an opportunity to be like, our ratings are low. Our product is stale. We make a lot of money, but like wrestling fans are leaving. They're watching this other thing. We saw what happened to NXT against this other thing. Cody started this other thing. I know Cody, like if Vince is willing to like listen to Cody a little bit and and Cody can maybe actually change some of the way the WWE works as far as like their presentation to make it a little bit more like AEW so that like fans like us are more likely to go back to watching it. Right. That'd be really, really cool, but it's also really is a stretch. Like, like oh, I, I don't, I don't huge. think that, I don't think that Vince is going to do something like that. But well, we also he's not going to put that... his product where it's going to be criticized either. Like, he's not going to allow Cody to trash what's going on. He's he's going to yeah. make Cody look like he's leaving AEW because it's not the best place, and now he's come to the best wrestling program. You know? No, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying, I hope that there's something in there for Vince for like he that he recognizes like i mean a big part of it is just they just don't care right like they don't care Mm -hmm. that we have left as fans they have their new audience and they're always going to have new audiences coming in as as long as there's little kids around they're going to have an audience Mm -hmm. um but you have a really rare opportunity right here to like you have you have the guy who like outside of outside of getting tony khan this is like the top person in my opinion that was that was associated with AEW from the start. So, I mean, he was, was the number one. He was like, he's like the general of the army, like leaving. He was the number one guy that was like us versus them, right? Like, he's the one that smashed Triple H's throne. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the Bucks didn't do that. Kenny didn't do that. And the only time that they're really shooting on the WWE or making fun of them was like on BTE for skits. But like, Cody. Cody took it a little bit further, right? Like, so the idea of him going back there, so many people just look at him like a sellout. And I understand to a certain extent, but I also feel like if AEW didn't exist, the whole elite was going to sign with WWE. Yeah, that's a really good point. They probably would have. I mean, if not, they'd still be in Japan. And, like, we would, we'd be enjoying their New Japan stuff, but, like, most of the U.S. fan base still really wouldn't know much about them. Right. Um, outside of whatever they would do in Ring of Honor as well. But like, 
and Ring of Honor was like really strong. They, I mean, they pretty much saved Ring of Honor when they were around, like you know, yep. as far as like relevancy, especially. They prolonged um, their career because <laughs> yeah. Ring of Honor, like as soon as those guys left, I mean, it just immediately. Yeah. But you know, all this stuff that I'm saying about Vince, you know, at the at the same time, I do, I also got to keep in mind, like this is the same dude who on the McAfee show just a few weeks ago looked right at him and basically said, yeah, I mean, he didn't say triple H, but like basically if, if people, and I don't care if they're family or not, if people aren't getting the results we need where we don't stick with them. Yeah. And so like, when you have that kind of mentality, I kind of don't put anything past you. Like, you know, NXT 2.0 sucks. It is bad. Right. And like, maybe he, I mean, once again, this is wishful thinking, but maybe he, maybe that's part of, cody's deal for big money is like hey help turn this thing around we saw you do it with his other company we'll give you this thing like he's the new triple h for nxt like i mean i don't i don't know um i but but most likely he's just coming on as a performer and he's just getting paid a lot of money and he's just gonna have to kind of do whatever they tell him to do creatively um but i also don't think he's coming in to get blindsided either like he has enough money and enough clout within wrestling that like if they really book him terribly I mean, he could just not do it because, yeah, you know what I mean? Like he could go sit out if he wanted to. And, you know, he's already a million, a multimillionaire. It's not like he really, yeah. I mean, people, it's hard to pass up like $5 million a year or whatever they, they might've given him. But at the same time, like he's already got that too, plus more, like he's not, he doesn't have to wrestle another day in his life if he doesn't want to. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, but I, I'm glad that it's almost over. Like, it's finally come to a head. We're going to see where he goes. I mean, it's, it's clearly, in my opinion, WWE. There's been all these reports and stuff. So, it, you know, whatever. It makes me definitely wonder what went wrong and what happened and all that stuff. And and that'll be a, that'll be a heck of a, like, a RF video shoot or whatever, you know, 20 years from now, all those days. Um, that That'll be a good one. And, and honestly, I don't know if we've seen the last of Cody in AEW. I just, you know, I I don't really see him going back to the WWE and it's just a home run and everybody's happy and he's going to retire there and go into the WWE Hall of Fame. And I just, I don't see it. I think, you know, he'll he'll take his money, he'll do his contract, and then I could possibly see him showing up in AEW to finish up his career. Um, a lot of... Time heals all wounds, right? A lot of things change, and you know, maybe I guess I can't even imagine what AEW is going to be. And I, and I guess this kind of segues to the next thing is like, man, I don't, I don't know how realistic it is for Tony to book Ring of Honor and AEW all at the same time, and like really try to run Ring of Honor as a brand. It that just seems like too much. It really does to me. Like at some point, you know, maybe bring in like a Christopher Daniels or somebody like that to kind of help you. But that that makes me a little nervous. And it also kind of makes me nervous of the fact that like Tony, it feels like he's like the only one that can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, not just, I mean, it'd be, it'd be, probably too much to deal with with just having AEW alone then you add the jaguars yes. and the, the soccer team yes like um yeah i'm i'm 
I, I get what you're saying though, too. Like you would think that there'd be somebody associated with him or somebody he could just go hire that could run the day to day for ring of honor. Right. So he wouldn't be doing it. Like I could understand if Tony steps in for like a couple of like creative meetings here, there, or whatever. but like if Tony is literally at rampage and then he also has Supercard of honor and he's both in the gorilla position and one headset is for one and the other. And he's calling them simultaneously. Like, dude, that needs to chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause yeah, I know like Del- delirious is, is going to be done. That was reported. So like after she's yep. part of honor, which um, I'm all for, honestly, I've never been a big fan of his, um, not really a big fan of his booking style. I haven't really watched a lot of the, pandemic ring of honor i never really did but i just i think it's time they need a new direction yeah i mean they have so many people that like that could do it instead of tony also i think tony at the end of the day wants final say and probably everything because he is a bit of a control freak it seems like Mm -hmm. but um I mean, the card they put together for Supercard of Honor is sick. So, like, yeah, oh, I'm, awesome I'm excited. And it's not over yet either. Like, I yeah. think we're going to get more that's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked. The fact that we get FTR and the Briscoes, I think, is huge. Um, not to sound like controversial or whatever, but are you surprised at all that the Briscoes are still getting booked in ring of honor based on some of the controversy? I saw that they did a public apology recently and I saw that they've apologized for it. Seeing them being booked in GCW. It sounds like there's somebody in like Warner media who has a problem with them, but I, and then if that's the case is like, are they going to be okay with like the Briscoes having like the ROH footage on HBO max? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the slippery slope when you're going way back on certain things because this is going to be like content library of people, right? Are you going to take out all Brian Kendrick footage or you know what I mean? Like so, I uh, basically I'm happy to see that the Briscoes are still on this show because I think Tony could have easily said Time Warner doesn't want you here, you got to go. And the fact that they're booked there, I think, is a positive sign that possibly they could still be used for future Ring of Honor. Yeah. So, like, the Briscoes thing, um, I'm not surprised that they're part of Supercard of Honor because Tony, I think it was Tony, or not, somebody had, like, reported that um, basically because Warner Media is, you know, linked with AEW so closely, that's why they're not there. But with Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor, that's completely separate from Warner Media. So, like, he can just book them there and it isn't a problem. Um, the thing with the thing with what they, well, mainly, I, guess, I think it was mainly Jay that, like, the issue is with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, they've apologized multiple times for this. It mm-hmm. was like 10 years ago. They haven't mm-hmm. had, this would be different if like every few years they were saying something like that again, and then having to apologize. This, this is really just them apologizing for the same thing over and over for like yep. this one thing from 10 years ago. And we have to just, we have to keep it real y'all like, and really think about this stuff. These guys are chicken farmers from Delaware that were like <laughs> raised to like, to think that like everything in the Bible needs to be taken like completely literally. Cause that was like a big part of their explanation was they thought they were doing the Lord's work 
by calling out people for their homosexuality, basically. Right. And right. 10 years have passed. And over that 10 years, they're, they've realized they're like, no, the Lord loves every. And by the way, I'm not Christian. So I'm not the best person to talk. I'm, I'm not Christian or gay. So I'm not like in the demographic of people that like that need the apology, you know, or need right. to, need to uh, forgive them. But it's just it's just one of those things where like. I know plenty of people that like are super intelligent, super logical, get along with them. Great. But like, they might be super religious and even like they won't attend like a same sex marriage because it's so against the Bible in their mind, but like everything else about them, like totally, but, and even they will admit like, yeah, I know, like, like, I don't really have a problem with it, but it says it in the Bible and I kind of choose the Bible over everything. And that's kind of the mindset I digest this as with the briscoes is like chicken farmers from delaware thought that like homosexuality was wrong and they voiced it 10 years ago they've changed their opinion on that over time i've heard that uh effie had like a long conversation with them fairly recently and like effie has forgiven them apparently like there's there's been people in like the lgbtq community that are like really kind of figureheads for a lot of those movements within wrestling that apparently a lot of them have forgiven the briscoes and Mark also has jumped in and been like, look, like this is, we don't believe this anymore. You know, like this, this, this is how we thought 10 years ago. And we've changed in that, in these 10 years a lot. And um, they're saying they love all people. And, 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 and here's the thing, they're on a one strike. Like if they did it again, they know it, the, the company knows it, the fans know it. Like if they did it again, they're done. So, you know, I, well, then I, also they have the Confederate flag in some of their stuff, but Ring of Honor was the one that allowed them to be in there. And that's just, I'm sorry, y'all, like that represented country back then. It wasn't as offensive as it is now. Like they, everything has been hypersensitive for what is what is now. But they they were, you know, in Confederate flag stuff, wrestling people while like Jay Lethal were around and stuff. Like it was not. That and, and and this is the thing too that bothers me is like if these guys are what you say they are, like the cancel culture people say they are, then like why are they having matches with Effie and Ali Catch and all these other people if they're so disgusted by these people, right? Like that's not possible. Real people that are really disgusted by this and think that you're a horrible person or whatever. They would never even want to be in the ring with you, associated with you, nothing. And they're they're choosing to do this. So it it's just a narrative that they're trying to paint that these guys are the same way that they were 10 years ago. And that's just not the case. Yeah. So I and the Confederate fly stuff I don't really want to talk about because like I live in an area where like I saw it a lot, but I think the people that represented it were like morons. So like I, you know, I'm not well, a fan but it, of But it's like I, I'm not a fan of it, but I've known people that have had it and they're really they're not what people are making them out to be. They're just very southern, proud of being in the south. But it's not a thing of but there's absolutely people that are a hundred percent like that as well. But the Briscoes with the the line of business that they're in, they can't be that way and be successful as long as they have been for 20 plus years. If they had these true feelings in their heart, like it would never have worked. That's why I think it's just bogus. Yeah. So I, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Briscoes. I mean, I think the Briscoes should personally, like they should get a shot on AEW. If AEW wants them, I don't, you know, and here's, I'm not going to name names throw people under the bus, but there are people that we all watch on a regular basis on mainstream television that have done a lot worse than what the Briscoe. So like, 
you know, we got to keep that same energy. And if we're going to keep that same energy based on like kind of what they said, we're talking about a lot of your favorite wrestlers never being on TV ever again. Um, right. For stuff that they did that long ago as well. Um, Which, I so. mean, I, I think it's very, I think the, the philosophy should very much be, we know what you did in the past. We're watching you. Just make sure that you, you're doing the right thing and we can move on and do business. I, I think that, you know, it's it's a lot like football, right? Like, listen, you you can get away with damn near murder if you're an elite football player. And if as long as you can still play football and Deshaun Watson, I mean, he proved that. Right. Because I'm not saying he's guilty, but you don't need 22 masseuses. You just don't. And at the end of the day, whatever happened, this man got two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed without even talking to the media, without even apologizing, without even doing anything because he's an elite football player. And so at the end of the day, like if if these guys can provide something for the program, I think that they should be able to go on and do that, especially since they actually have apologized, especially since they have made it public that they made a mistake. So that that it's just the fact that when I saw them being on the card with Tony Khan promoting it on Twitter with FTR. It made me feel good because it's like, okay, there might be light at the tunnel for these guys, and it's not like they're just going to have to go away forever. So um, it'll be interesting what Tony Khan's vision of Ring of Honor is. So what I'm torn about, right, because I feel like whoever bought Ring of Honor that was running a wrestling company or that planned on running a wrestling company would not run it the way that I think Tony Khan would run it. And that's where I'm torn because I know that Tony Khan is a long time old school fan. And if I'm a long time old school fan, I'm not trying to pull a Vince McMahon ECW here. If I bought ring of honor, I'm trying to bring back ring of honor. I'm trying to establish ring of honor as a great wrestling program. Again, I'm not here to make it AEW dark and call it ring of honor. You know what I mean? So I'm very curious what his vision is for Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's going to be hard to know because a Supercard of Honor probably isn't the best example of what it will what it will be either because that's really more of like a super indie with a lot of AEW crossover probably. I um, agree. I mean, because also, I mean, you look at uh, Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty is on the card, and like I think that that's that's basically a really good example of like AEW contracted wrestlers that basically it's like an AEW dark, like you said, but on Ring of Honor. But I think Ring of Honor is, if it was me, I would use it as a, uh, I'd, I'd probably, I mean, you'd have to sprinkle in some AEW talent that isn't getting really used a lot, but I would use it as a showcase for unsigned talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we'll see. We'll I see would, I would there. make it very much like GCW with a budget. Yep. And then I would sprinkle in AEW guys here or there, like Moxley, right? He comes in, faces AJ Gray. But, like, I would sprinkle in AEW guys here or there. And then when guys get super over, I'm calling them up to AEW. Like, that's basically how I would do it. Um, and, I, and I think that that's definitely doable. So my question is, is what what is dark? What, what do you need? Like, where is... 
do you still need dark? Do you still need these shows? Should Ring of Honor be coming on right before AEW Dynamite? Like, if you bought a ticket, are you getting an hour of Ring of Honor live, or like, is it something completely different? Like, there's just a lot of things to work out. Yeah, it's just it's really hard to know until they really get rolling. But I I think if it was me, I'd do it where. Now, granted, we would know that these some of these people would technically be AEW contracted wrestlers, but like I would try to make it to where you know if you had I don't know maybe people that you don't see on AEW that often like uh, Kip Sabian or Lee Johnson or or Lee right. Moriarty and like these kind of guys like if you don't have any real immediate plans for them on AEW right now I would have them like you make them ROH wrestlers. Like you do a thing with like the graphic, like so-and-so is, is ring of honor or whatever. And like, they are treated like ring of honor wrestlers. Like when you turn on ring of honor, like these guys aren't going back and forth. Like they are ring of honor wrestlers. And then when they get big enough or whatever on ring of honor, then you can use it as a way to bring that up. And I think that could be used pretty cool because you would have the link of having like a Lee Johnson or a Kip Sabian or something like that that ties it to AEW that has had some ex- exposure on AEW TV, but then you mix in like a Cole Radrick or a Josh Bishop or something like that. And it's like giving people a chance that are, have never been in AEW. Maybe they get signed to ring of honor. So they become ring of honor wrestlers before they ever become AEW wrestlers. And it just kind of, I think that should be the, the, the system going forward, pretty much how gold, uh, black and gold NXT worked. But yeah. But I think to start it, you do want a base of some people you have seen on AWTV as a part of the initial group in the new Ring of Honor. But eventually, I think it becomes more of a GCW where unsigned indie guys show up there. They might get signed to Ring of Honor, and yeah. then you see them regularly on Ring of Honor. And then if they prove themselves or whatever, then they become AEW eventually. But but in right. the time being, it could also create some pretty cool cross-brand stuff like if like once a year or something, if they didn't overdo it and like once a year, you know, you did a big super card of super cards or whatever, where it's like AEW versus ring of honor, like yeah. that could be really cool too. And those are the kind yeah. of shows where I'd have like CM Punk or Danielson or someone like that be on the ring of honor show, like use yeah. those opportunities where it's like a big super show for both to have the, the classic ring of honor wrestlers show up on ring of honor. So. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like I, I think like a an Alex Zane, a Blake Christensen, like yeah. those type of guys would be cool for Ring of Honor. Like as normal stays, Mysterious Q, Brian Keith. There's yeah. just a lot of people that I think that are out there that are good enough to be on TV. And uh, and honestly, GCW has a lot of them. And yeah, it would be interesting. Not saying how much, but like that could hurt GCW if they have to actually sign contracts to Ring of Honor. That could be a big blow to GCW. So it would it would be interesting how Tony's going to to treat this whole thing. I, I think it'd be awesome if they could keep a working relationship with GCW to where they could do ROH versus GCW cards as well, because that would be yeah huge for the whole independent scene. Um, and some guys just kind of fit places better than others, like. Jimmy Lloyd, I think, is, like, perfect for GCW, but I don't know. I mean, I would like to see him wrestle anybody, but, like, if I had to choose between, like, how I think of Jimmy Lloyd, like, I'm going to think GCW before I think Ring of Honor. 
Um, yep. But then, like a Cole Radrick, I could see really in either place in being, um, you know, um, and that's not a takeaway from Jimmy Lloyd. I think Jimmy Lloyd is an underrated, like, technical wrestler, but he's known mainly for, like, more of the deathmatch stuff. But he really shows yeah. out in the scramble matches, man. Calm down, sir. He really but, does. He really does. But, like, like, I think Matthew Justice would be good in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Like, I think that there's certain guys, like, in wrestling, branding matters and the fit matters. And I just don't think you can just take someone just because they're a good wrestler and be like, yeah, put them in there, put them in there. Like there needs to be some type of, of sense to it. Right. And, and I think that was the, the, the cool thing about ring of honor to NXT is it looked like that next step, right? Like ring of honor. And then like, it was still basically the same guys from ring of honor, almost the same characters too. Like the whole thing. Yeah. And then just with bigger production, bigger production and, and bigger crowds and, and the whole nine. And it worked really well. So I would just kind of like, like to see ring of honor be more like ring of honor, but NXT bigger production, bigger crowds, the whole nine, and then work on developing talent that way. Because also like, I feel like people that are in dark and things like that, like they, they make sense more for like an entertainment television type AEW, but not necessarily like raw gritty wrestling, like ring of honor should be. So it, it'll be uh, interesting how they decide to do it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it though. At least they're starting off with a bang with super card of honor. Like they, they're, they're, putting together a really really good card so i'm, I'm happy I'm gonna, to see that i'm gonna mark out during that show it's gonna be awesome i got a full day that day like that's my big WrestleCon day like it starts at nine in the morning and i'll be there till five o'clock and then i'll head down to um ring of honor and go go do that so and then oh saturday because see what you could do which is just wild right but you could go to that and then you could go to joey janela's spring break after that at, at that midnight if you wanted to um i thought you were going we, to spring break i'm going to part one. Oh, right gotcha part two is the cluster f but it's there's nothing cluster f about it like it's a totally just no normal. it'll be cluster f. like by the time that show happens like it'll probably be like 100 random people we hadn't seen in forever in that ring plus invisible men and guys with no legs see that's what i was expecting but like the matches they've announced so far is nothing like that so i'm like okay but anyways like you could do that if you wanted to but then i have to get up super early for wrestlecon in the morning and then there's also um usa versus the world wrestlecon show so if I knock out all my meet and greets that I want to do, then I might go to that show. If I don't, then I'm going to fix whatever, finish up whatever I want to do. And then the, they announced today for Fitterman um, Sunday, they're going to have Goldberg, DeBellas, and Shawn Michaels. So I, I might have to, I might have to pull the trigger on Shawn Michaels. Like that's that's a that's go Wait, right Gold, there. Who are Goldberg, Michaels, and who? DeBellas. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'd 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 go for Sean and Goldberg though. Yeah. Have you ever met Goldberg? No. You no. want to meet him, even though like you're not a big fan. I mean, like it's still Goldberg. Yeah, I would I would be yeah. cool with it, but I'm spending so much money on other stuff that I probably wouldn't do it. But Sean Michaels is making me go, hmm, that one I might have to do. People would think you got a photo with Nick Gage. 
Oh God. I know that's the only thing that makes me kind of like Leary is like he looks nothing like what he did, you know? So I don't I don't know. This photoshop him from like nineteen ninety seven, like on top of you know, with your arm around him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I met him. I'm I'm thirty nine and he's thirty. It's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's cool that so, you get those so often, though, the whole Fitterman thing with, like, all those. I mean, that that's, like, every, like, couple of months it feels like they have, like, a big thing out there in Houston for you. I mean, it's out of Houston, right? So that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he um, he has another show August, at the end of August, that uh, that that's going to be a big Fitterman show. So looking forward to that. Nice. I, uh, so my WrestleCon lineup, what I'm thinking is Brian Myers, Jacob Fatu, Jay White, Jeff Hardy, John Morrison, Killer Cross, Matt Cardona, Moose, Taya, and Ultimo Dragon. Ooh, that's a – oh, you said Ultimo Dragon at the end? Yeah. I'd yeah. I'm, I'm be more excited about that than any of them. Yeah, oh, so there you that's go. That's amazing. Um, you got to get like a, like a, I don't know if you're making any of your own graphics, but like I would love to get a picture of him holding like you know ten belts or whatever and have him sign that. That'd be sick. Yeah, um, yeah. He has like a combo thing. I think it's like I think it's like fifty bucks. Otherwise, it's thirty five, thirty five. But it, it it's it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's who I'm looking for. If I had Shawn Michaels to that, like instagram's gonna be pretty lit i'll tell you that like you definitely want to follow because there's gonna be a lot of stuff i'll be dropping what, what's ultimo like what do you get for ultimo dragon like how much do you pay and what do you what does he do uh, i i just just a it's just a photo op i don't know what all but I, i'm sure he'll be like in his mask and all that well stuff. i didn't know if he like signed stuff also or he will sign it, it's just a, it's like a combo so you like it's either like 35 and 35 or like both for 50 something like that but he'll only sign like one thing. Is that how yeah. that works? Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha. I was about to say, like, dude, I'll I'll try to. I mean, I would love to get Ultimate Dragon's autograph. That'd be so cool. But um, who else is but gonna I be would, there? That I would you keep aren't a, I would keep in mind though. Um, it's run, WrestleCon's run by high spots, and so like they usually get pretty much everybody that they want to sign, like to sign stuff. So after that's over, they're probably going to have some Ultimo Dragon stuff that would be signed that would be on the website. So that's keep in mind out there. I, I missed an opportunity to see him wrestle live in like Clarksville, Tennessee, like four years ago. He wrestled at a, uh, I think it was like Next Generation Wrestling or something like that. And But there was a sub show in Nashville the same exact day, the same day, the same time, just in Nashville. And I went to that instead. And I'm glad I did because the show was incredible and I love sub, but like that that was a tough one because I was like, man, Ultimo's like not that far away, and like I could totally like he was he was one of my favorites. He was my favorite cruiserweight for quite a while when I was a kid. Like him and Mysterio, um, yeah. And then I, I really liked um, Blitzkrieg as well. He just wasn't around for as long, but I, I love Blitzkrieg. But um, who all who else is going to be at WrestleCon doing stuff that you aren't seeing? Um. Those are the names that stood out to me that I want to do. But, I mean, like, Bray Wyatt will be there. Um, Rob Van Dam is there. The only reason I'm not that he, – he's not on the list because I've already met him. Right. Um, like, Braun Strowman's there. EC3's there. Um, there's a lot of uh, Impact people, New Japan people. Some of them are going to be there, like Ishii and 
Um, Daniel Garcia is on the New Japan card. So I'm hoping that he is going to find his way on that Ring of Honor card. Yeah. Because that that New Japan show, I believe, starts at 5. So and Ring of Honor starts at 7. So, like, he could drive down there. It's a 30-minute drive or so. And he could be, like, on the mid-card of that show, and, and they could put him on. So. And he'd fit in perfect on that show, of course. I mean, that would be could put him against pretty much anybody if you and then they can find like uh i mean there's still some of these guys like floating around man like uh i mean like loki like yeah. i mean like i mean that's like the part like if you're gonna do anything with loki like now's the time if you're bringing i, I don't think he's signed to mlw anymore no either no. so like and even if they are signed to mlw you think there were some i mean honestly i would mark out huge if davy could do something for ring of honor just for like throwback wise and like i know that he didn't like joe Coff, and i know he had a problem with sinclair but that's all done with now so i think that would be cool because i know davy's in town davy's davy's facing mike bailey at that usa versus the world show so good yeah. mike bailey is a speedball is literally like He's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Like he is killing it everywhere. I'm a huge fan of what he is doing. Um, yeah, they. Um, what else is? Uh, they're doing Rick Swan versus the guy. I can't pronounce his name. I don't know off the top of my head, but he just faced Will Osprey and all on RPW, and that's the main event. He was like Effie Okadu or something like that. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's like a the British. Uh, wrestler and he's he's really good so he's facing rick swan in the main event so looking forward to that so i'll probably go to that show too so i'll end up going to three indie shows if i lose my mind i'll go to joey janela's i'd be four indie shows plus two nights of wrestlemania so i mean that's six shows i'll be (laughs) exhausted plus all the meet and greets and everything else like yeah it's expensive but like the fact that it's basically three hours away makes it so much easier to get stuff done because I don't have to worry about flight and all that other stuff, hotel. That That's where you, you lose all your money. Yeah. Was it Michael Oku? Yes, yes, thank you. Okay. Thank you. I was way off on that, huh? But, yeah, he faced Osprey in, a, in like, a 45-minute match, so – I wish uh I wish they could they could definitely uh do um I really wish Osprey could have been there. But I think it's because of the New Japan Cup stuff is why he can't. Like that's the main reason he couldn't come down. So it is what it is. But it sucks because he's gonna be on that show in Chicago in April. Like, God dang it. But oh well, whatever. One day yeah. I will meet that guy. I've got to make it up to myself. I missed him at <laughs> WrestleMania WrestleMania weekend, Evolve 2016. He was there for $10. 10 freaking dollars. Was that the one where you said he was like right behind you? I mean, he's in the picture with me and Zack Sabre Jr. Like he's in the background. He's totally photobombing it. Like it just, he's right there, flash shirt on, the backwards hat. And I could have just went up there and talked to him. And like, I would like I would drop a hundred dollars right now to meet him, like without hesitation. But it just yeah. sucks. Oh well, whatever. Um, so what other topic? We have to talk about Thunder Rosa as well. So I know um, I thought the match was really good, as in effort. But mm-hmm. there's something about Brit and Thunder to me that's just like a little sloppy. 
and you can like see Brit talk to her and they kind of just, it, it's like their chemistry's off a little bit, but I think the hardcore match definitely helps their chemistry because I think if it's just a straight wrestling match, we kind of saw what that was and it wasn't the best. So I don't know how long this feud could last and just like if they keep it going or whatever, but um, I thought it was an amazing moment for Thunder Rosa. I thought it was really cool in San Antonio. That crowd was hot the whole night, which I do think people need to somewhat consider in this new time where we're um, saying all big matches deserve to be on pay-per-view. Well, if you do that, then the crowd's going to be dead for three or four of them because it's just a long night. But if you just build it up, for one big dynamite, that crowd is going to be in the match the entire time. So um, I thought they gave a really good response to the Hardys too, man. The Hardys are super over right now. So that was sick. But um, I thought thought it was a good match for for what it was. And I thought Britt had a good run with the title. Very curious to see what happens with Britt after this. Because... um, I think she is the most over female wrestler in their company. And with Thunder, I'm kind of worried she might have the the Adam Page feel to her where it's like the chase was more important for her than actually trying to have a title reign. So just kind of curious to see where they go with it. But I definitely think I think the women's division was really weak when Thunder came in and she elevated it. And it was like, okay, now we have something here. Now we have more than just like one or two that can go. And uh, I'm happy for her that she won the title. I'm happy for her that uh, she was able to um, win it the way she did at home in San Antonio. Like all that was really special for her. So that's dope. And not only that, by the way, her son wrestled here at the Houston Premier Arena at WrestleRave. And probably in front of like 75 people. And she was there. She was at the show. And um, taking pictures with fans and stuff. So she's uh, she's all around here in Texas. I mean, Conroe, Texas, where she does her Mission Pro stuff. I mean, it's literally like 30 minutes from my house. So she's uh, she's a big staple here in Texas. So happy for her. And I love the fact that like. Texas, like San Antonio has Thunder Rosa, Houston has Sammy Guevara, so it constantly gives AEW reasons to come and visit, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, as far as uh as far as like Rosa winning the title, it made sense. Like they made like she should have won when she did. Um I think Britt will probably go on to have do something with Jamie Hayter soon. Like they've tease that like that'll probably be a feud of her sometime soon um but then you also have i've said it a bunch but all, all this stuff where um you know she she can do so much with being like linked to adam cole and and the elite and all that stuff too yeah. like there, there's there's a lot she can do without having to be the champion and at the time that thunder rosa started showing up in AEW, it was her and serena Deeb they were both NWA wrestlers or like, like Serena had the NWA title. Cause I remember Serena lot is the one who lost it to Camille. Who's had it ever since. So like it wasn't even AEW 
wrestlers technically it was like the end the women from the nwa they had access to were like coming over and like killing it and then AEW kept piecing together the women's division and building it and uh so thunder rosa it's been a long time coming for her to win the title like and i i say it a lot but like in my opinion her and Gabe are the two best women that AEW have like all around like in the ring especially i should say but but Britt baker is the most over and like what she lacks in the ring, she makes up for with how over she is with the crowd. Like she doesn't have to be the best in ring wrestler as long as she stays over like this. Um, so they have a really good foundation there. And then like Chris Statlander is going to be big for their future. Uh, Layla Hirsch could be big for their future. Um, they could still get access potentially to, to women like Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo and stuff from Impact and stuff. I mean, so I think AEW's women's division is in a pretty good spot. And I think Thunder Rosa is the best person to have that title right now. And she gets a massive reaction every time she shows up in GCW also, um, which yeah. is like can be cool with her like being the AEW women's champion and kind of doing what Mox is doing in GCW. Right. Um, so there's a lot you can do with her as the champion. And I'm not really concerned about her title reign because I think, I think it'll be really good because I think it'll be more based on like like Britt Baker's title run was based more on like the gimmick and the character and like the yeah. stories. Whereas I think Thunder Rosa will probably have some of that as well, but it will mainly be about her having like great matches and retaining the title after like great wrestling matches. Yeah. So, um, it's I'm definitely different. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but now props to them, man. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like no matter what, when it comes with wrestling, you know, gender size whatever whatever it is i'm looking for effort and if you just give out effort and you look like you're trying and they're trying to book a match correctly and it's working like then then i've got i'll give you props for that it's like when i know that you're treating this as something like just a throwaway match or whatever that's when it's like this is garbage you know what i mean so it, the the moment fit the match it, it like the buildup of everything fit and the finale of it fit it's just gonna be curious to see like is Britt gonna blame Jamie Hayter is, is Britt going to still continue with Thunder Rosa and they go all the way into the pay-per-view into a rematch of another gimmick match is this over like it's just gonna be interesting to see kind of where they go yeah. Yeah, I, I I hope that it's done between Brit and Rosa at least for a while. I agree. I agree. Um, because they had they do have women, like I said, that like would be very interesting matchups for for Thunder Rosa <clears throat> and that don't even necessarily need to be like super big threats to the title as long as the matches are good. Like you can do her and Chris Statlander, for instance. And, yeah, like, it'll be a really good match, and no one's yep. gonna go into it really thinking that Chris is gonna win. But as long as the match is good, that's all anyone's going to really care about at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of opportunity. And then, of course, we didn't even mention her, but you have Jade Cargill just waiting there in the background, too, for, like, I mean, she's the only thing yeah. that matter. And, like, she'll be she'll be the top woman in the whole company. I don't think she's ever going to be the best in-ring wrestler in the company, like, as long as they have women like Deeb and Thunder and stuff. But, like, right. it doesn't really matter because similar to Britt Baker, what Britt – what 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 uh what Jade lacks in the ring, it's it's just not gonna matter because she's just gonna be ultra over, I think. So like 
Um, as long as she can just do a few things well, she'll be fine. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Happy for Thunder Rosa. Yeah, no, it's cool. And uh, it's it's interesting just kind of where everything's going and, like, the fact that the pay-per-view is basically exactly two months away. So that's basically eight dynamites, right? So kind of where things are going. Also, we didn't really talk about this, but man, it sounds like Kenny's out till like probably the end of the year. So like when he was out, like that was when he was saying bye, like that's a year. And man, if, if AEW did not have a solid foundation, that is just absolutely devastating news. And AEW basically loses Kenny, loses Cody, the two guys that like helped get the whole thing on the ground, and they haven't like missed a beat. They're they're getting the second biggest pay per view buy rate they've ever had. They're you know like their ratings are still the same for the most part. Like. It's pretty impressive what they've done. They're still selling tickets. Like it's, they are not a one wrestler company at all. No, I, I mean that's the other thing is even with Cody leaving, the AEW product isn't getting any worse. With with Kenny not being there, the product's not getting any worse. Um, I'm not saying they don't need these people. Well, I, I am saying that they they don't need all of these people. They're going to be successful regardless. I think at this point, but having someone like Kenny definitely still enhances your show. Like when he comes back, I'm real interested to see what he does. But the good thing is, like you said, they're they're They have so much talent on the roster that it just, when guys go out with injury, it isn't like the WWE where like if Roman ran, well, we saw when Roman uh, yeah. went home for a while during uh, the pandemic, Yeah, um, how bad that hurt the overall product of the show. And ever since he's been back, he's been the entire focus of the whole thing. Um, but I mean, even if you have Roman, you know, and he's around weekly or whatever, you don't have that many like legitimately established top guys and girls on the show anymore to where like, I agree, you know, you lose a few of them and it's like, it really, really, really hurts the show with AEW. I mean, you could lose, you could lose 10 more top guys and girls right now. And the the product wouldn't, wouldn't get any worse. Right. Um, so I mean that's a great spot to be in. And also I wanted to I want to shout out Masha Slamovich too. I didn't mention her during all the women stuff. She's signed yeah. to Impact, but like yeah. if she can bounce around, like she's gonna be one of the top women stars in all of wrestling, I think. Because she goes out there and she'll like she'll go out there and legitimately beat up men too. Like she yeah. she is badass. Um, so I want to put that like her and Akira are dating. The two of them are just nuts. They they had a death match against each other recently. Like- I've thought about that. Like, man, what is their personal life like? Like, they are crazy. They, they had a match in a, in the pit against each other for ICW NHB a couple weeks ago, and they were just bleeding all over each other and cutting each other in the head. And I mean, it was the, making out while like blood's all over the place. It was gross. Um, but uh, well, I shouldn't say making out while, but they were like kind of forehead to forehead, and like you know what I mean. It was like everyone in the building knew they were together, and they were out there beating the shit out of each other it's like this is for you not putting the toilet seat down <laughs> this is for you not closing the cabinets you're know, like god crazy you didn't but, let but the yeah, dog out <laughs> yeah just take out all of your personal issues through a relationship on each other and speaking of 
this is kind of a good segue. We don't have, we, we can go into this, but this just reminded me. I'm losing a lot of respect for Jorge Masvidal right now. Because, oh, dude, man, this I wanted dude, to talk about this, this And th- this brings, this, this is a good transition with talking about Slamovich and Akira, because that's a worked wrestling match, but, you know, yeah, yeah, we're just joking yeah, yeah. about that. Masvidal, dude, you had 25 minutes to put your hands on Colby, and I you agree. got your ass beat, and you yeah. can't just accept the L. He's out here sucker punching him at restaurants and knocking his teeth out. Like, that's pretty pathetic. And not only that, like, he had to disguise himself because if he actually had to reveal himself, Colby would kick his ass. Yep. So he had to disguise himself. I thought it was hilarious that they said that he wore a mask because he's not about that life at all. So, but he hates Colby that much that he's willing to even do that. So he's wearing a mask. He's putting on a hood. He's going after Colby. And uh, yeah, the fact and what's crazy though is he even said like he was gonna basically do this. Yeah. He, he if I ever see you, you know, it's on site and I know people that know where you are that I've told them to back off of you because I'm waiting for the fight. But you know, so but but I mean at the end of the day, like this just is like Masvidal's a street dude. And at, at the end of the day at heart, like that's what he is, and he's Yes, he's a professional fighter, but he's also a street dude, man. And and Colby has said a lot of things. And it's not like when it comes to street dudes, it's not like ethics are involved in this. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like it, he'll run up and hit Colby in the head with a brick. He does not care. You know what I mean? So and and for all the people that thought this was a work, well, I guess now you finally know. This was not a work, you know what I mean? Um, it, it, this is uh, this is the real deal, and I knew it was the real deal after once Colby started talking about his ex-wife, his kids, him being a convicted felon, all this stuff. Like, if you're gonna work uh, the crowd, you're not going that deep. You're just not. If this was a planned thing, because at the end of the day, your whole goal is to hype both of you, both of you up and do something. When you're trying to destroy someone's character going in, that's not what you're going to do to to sell a fight. That's that's anger. That's like I'm trying to destroy you. That's Khabib and Connor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what that was. So um very curious how Dan Lambert will handle this situation. Because I don't think that he's going to love this idea. I really don't. I, I, I think that he he likes ATT as a – he wants it to be somewhat respectable. And the fact that he hears that Masvidal, like, sneaks into a restaurant and sucker punches Colby, like, I just don't think that he's going to want that to be a representation of his gym. So I think that's going to be an issue. Yeah, that's a good point. Um you know, you know, Super Calo, not the wrestler, but like the guy yep. who, who tweets as the wrestler. Yep. Um, yep. He put out a tweet earlier today that I thought was pretty hilarious. He said, the good news for Jorge is now, he, the way he types these are hard to read. But yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The good news for Jorge is now he truly is one of the UFC elite. A few more arrests and he'll be up there with Connor and John Jones. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Which is, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just such a bad look, honestly. Like, I, I don't think we've ever really seen post-fight it continuing on like this. And I and honestly, I don't think it's over. Like, I think it's over. I don't think Colby... I don't think Colby hates Masvidal as much as Masvidal hates Colby. And I think that Colby really just wanted to get a fight, get a big money fight. That was it. But I think that Masvidal is so pissed at Colby for real that uh, I, I just don't feel like this is ever over. When he's embarrassed that in 25 minutes, he couldn't do anything to him. I agree. And like, it's this guy that he just despises that just, completely outclassed him in the octagon for five rounds and he's butthurt about it and trying to prove, I mean, but yeah, street Jesus and all that stuff, like whatever. I, 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 you know, there, there's, and I'm a Masvidal fan. That's what's so disappointing yeah. about this. And I'm a Colby fan as well. So it's, it's just right. one of those things, but like, you know, this is much different than like, like the Cain Velasquez thing. Like that's a whole other level of like I get where I you can't just go out there and shoot people, but like I get where he's coming from in that the, scenario. The motives like, make sense. The yeah. motives of doing it makes the, sense. Yeah. This is you had a chance to fight this guy legally for millions of dollars. And yep. you could hospitalize this guy, you could do whatever you want to this guy if you got the skill to do it. Yep. And you couldn't because he's a better fighter than you are. So right. you're disguising yourself and sucker punching him in public places. It's just, it's just, honestly, it's just pathetic. Like, you know, I don't really know how else to say it. You have other fighters out there like Kevin Holland who are like stopping crime, you know, he's out there like being an actual vigilante in the streets and Rory Masvidal is, you know, soccer punching dudes he couldn't beat in in, in a real fight. I mean, it's just bad. Yeah, no, I, I saw that and I was just like, oh boy. And when I saw it, it was like, Maybe it was just like they both ran ran into each other at the restaurant, and like that's it. They just got into it. This is a premeditated attack. This was a planned (laughs) attack. I'm sure he followed him to the restaurant. Like it would be no different than like a bank robbery, right? Like he's in his car, he's got the hood on, he's got a mask on, he's completely ready to go in there, and then he just like rolls up on him and just boom and. uh and then I saw like victim has broken chip or fractured tooth. I'm like, I didn't know teeth, you could yeah. fracture your tooth, but it's like a mm-hmm. chip tooth. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, well, what if they wanted Colby for July? Now you're interfering in UFC business. You know, like I don't think Dana's gonna love this either. Like I just think that that this isn't just this. You can't act like you never were a contracted UFC fighter or anything, and you're just from the street. Like, there's consequences for your actions for different places. Like I said, I don't think Dan Lambert's going to love this. I don't think Dana's going to love this. I just think that this is going to be a, a problem for Masvidal. And I mean, legally, I don't know. I mean, maybe Colby wants to just you know be a prick about it and really press charges and you know see what happens. I don't. I don't necessarily blame Colby, but it's also like, do you kind of just say, look, I did talk a lot of crap. I'll just take it. Let's move on. Let's just end this thing. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he hit me in my face. I'm not happy about it, but I beat him in a real fight and we'll just squash this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to end otherwise. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I, you know, and the other thing is like, not only did he injure like, you know, chip uh, Colby's tooth, he could have potentially like screwed up his own hand. I mean, like if, it, yeah. if like a tooth felt like lodged in his fist or something, or even just hitting people without gloves on, you could break your own hand fairly easily hitting somebody in the face. Um, Cause you're used to having like the protected protection with the gloves and stuff. But on top of uh, with all the other um, like, well, honestly, the I think the the most like G thing Colby could do would be to not press charges, but but make Masvidal just admit defeat, just like like that'd be it. Like it'd be like, all right, I'm not gonna press charges, but I definitely could. You need to go publicly on Twitter or Instagram, whatever, in video, and say I got beat by Colby Covington fair and square, and I punch him in the face because I'm embarrassed about it. Like and be like, all right, I won't, I won't, but like that's, you know, because that's the truth of what is what's happening here. I mean, there's a there's something on BJPin.com says eyewitness claims Jorge Masvidal hit Colby Covington three or four times in the face. What stood out right away was how he didn't go down. So they're basically saying that Colby didn't go down from the punches, which is even more impressive when you're not expecting to get hit. right. Right. I mean, it's one thing when you're looking right at the guy and you see it coming. You, you hear about that in football all the time. The hardest hits are the ones you don't see coming. Um, you can brace yourself when you're ready for it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's. I mean, I'm, I mean here's the other thing: if Masvidal would have won the fight in the octagon, none of this would have happened. Like this is no all about him getting embarrassed by by losing yep. to a guy that he was so confident. But at the end of the day, day, this is the same guy that just snuck up and punched Leon Edwards right in the face when he wasn't expecting it either. Like th- this is but not face to face when that happened, though. To a certain extent, though. But Leon Edwards did not. Away. Yeah, yeah, Leon Edwards yeah. did not expect to get hit at all. Right. And they're backstage. Like, it was just one of those things. So, like, because let's be honest, Leon Edwards probably beats Masvidal in a real fight, too. Like, there's probably. something about, like, Masvidal is just trying to get off quicker so he can at least claim that he hit him. But, like, I, me personally, and this is just something, I love fighting, right? I hate watching people that don't know how to fight or are not aware that they're about to get in a fight, get in a fight. It's very uncomfortable. Like I hate watching all these Twitter videos where it shows people getting beat down and all that stuff. These are not trained professionals. They're literally getting their head bashed in and people are just laughing. And one thing that I find utterly disgusting, and I think people should be looked at as possible attempted for murder is when you keep punching somebody when they're out cold. Yeah. If they're out cold, it's over. When you keep punching like that, you're just aiming to give people brain damage. And it's never that serious. Like, I hate that. There's nothing worse than when somebody, like, you watch all these bar videos, and this guy's completely plastered, and he gets decked, and he falls flat, and then somebody just gets on and just starts punching him in the face over and over and over and over and over again. It's like, good God, no. Please don't yeah. do that. Especially if you weren't one of the two people fighting, if someone from just from the side, like kicking someone in the face or something, like just a total bitch move, like it's all those ridiculous. people should get arrested for that. I agree. Um, but uh, if y'all have uh, any last minute super chats, me and Doug are going to talk about the UFC London card a little bit because I thought like the show was incredible. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to highlight, but if you have last minute super chats, whether it be for wrestling or MMA, we will make sure to answer your questions, read out your statements, put them up on the screen and everything um, before the end of the show. We got probably about 10 more minutes or so that we'll be here live. Um, and Dirty has a... Yep. We got a super yeah. chat and this goes on about the show last week. So um, appreciate Dirty again, as always. Uh, how good do you think Patty Pimplet is? 
I don't know. I I'm I'm torn about him. I'll say this. He has everything that you need to be a star. Like he could be Connor like, but every fight that kid's in, he's getting cracked. Yeah. I, like I've seen him get cracked basically every single time he's been in the UFC. Like he's he his hands are always down. He has a warrior spirit. He has a heart, but man, like I feel like you put that kid in like the top five, like they will pick him apart. Not, I mean, even I mean, we're talking lightweight division. I'm no, even yeah. I mean, top twenty, top fifteen. Probably. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, when it's that division that deep, I I don't. I mean, I think he, I think he has a shot against some of these guys, but like, I I mean, I can't imagine him having success against like. Islam Mahachev or Justin Gaethje or Charles Oliveira. I mean, honestly, or... honestly, imagine Patty versus Islam. Like oh, he just get taken is... down and smished. I smished. Like that yeah. is just destruction. It would yeah. not even be close. But I would say this: if you could get that kid to the point to where he looks like not a serious contender or anything, but at least like maybe get him ranked. Him and Connor in the UK could be fire. Sure. Yeah. I mean, especially if he if Patty keeps going out there and like like flatlining people. The problem is that he gets hit, like you said. Like he yep. gets not only does he get hit, like he gets dropped and stuff and like recovers yep. and like in in you know figures out a way. But um I, the thing is like Patty's an exciting fighter. I've known about him for a long time though, because like there was like years ago they were talking about ufc signing him from cage warriors and he wound yep. up re-signing with cage warriors because he was like the face of the whole company and they were giving him good deals and stuff um so this has been a long time coming for him to be you know a part of the ufc and i do like the marketing they put behind him like they, they do make him seem like a pretty big deal on the show kind of similar to when connor was on his come up and they would go to ireland for him and stuff and um so I, I mean, I am a fan of what Patty's doing. I just don't think, with what we've seen of him, I mean, someone like Connor or Gaethje or Earl Vera, any of these guys, Michael Chandler, like those guys, I think are just on a completely different level than he is. But but see, I think that's like a perfect fight for Connor. Like, yeah, no, I know, especially with them both being like from that part of the world and everything. Like it would I be, mean, I, yeah. it would just be huge. Huge. Yeah. If they could just get him to at least look like a serious contender, but I'm not. I'm not sure on it. I mean, but he's also young. He could get better. I'm not trying to say that he has no future or anything like that, but the hype doesn't match the ability. Like yeah. Chemayev, it all it all matches. Yeah. Right? But. But to be fair, I thought that I didn't, I thought that Connor was like, I didn't think that Connor was going to actually get to the levels he got to either. Like the first handful of times I saw him. And also Connor and Patty both have the common commonality of, you know, Connor was like the two division cage warriors champion. Like these guys were both the the face of that particular company. Um, But yeah, to be fair, I remember writing into the MMA hour like years and years ago. And like one of my predictions for like the next year when Ariel was doing it was Conor McGregor will lose once he gets a step up in competition. And like there were a lot of people that felt that way. I remember there was a private signing with Conor in one of the groups I was in. And people were like, 
I'm not paying $100 to get Connor's autograph. He's going to get destroyed by Aldo, and then it'll be worth like 25 Like, there was a lot of people that felt and that And then that way. became like worth like 500 bucks probably. And then, and then it was like, same people are like, I'll give you 325 you know? like it. it yeah. So, yeah, no, it definitely. Because those were like custom prints, 16 by 20s with Connor's full signature and not this garbage scribble stuff that he does. Like, it was it was legit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there were a lot of people that felt that way and he just kept rising and rising. And, and I mean, after the Eddie Alvarez fight, it was never the same because he faced Mayweather and got too famous and blah, blah, blah. But, um, it will be interesting. I do think it's great though, for the UK to have stars though. I think that's definitely important. I think it's a fantastic market. I think that Dana completely forgot what it was like to be on international soil and when he felt that, he was just like, oh, yeah, we're coming back. He gave all the fighters that finished the uh, 50K bonus. Yeah. So um, he he went all out. He was so happy after that show. And everyone said that it felt like a pay-per-view and it didn't just feel like a fight night. Um, and a lot of that's for the crowd energy, which makes me really want to see AEW in the UK. AEW in the UK, I think, would be huge. And I think it would have um, an amazing feel to it. Like, if... Imagine if that show headlined by like Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson or something like that, or Will Ospreay versus Brian Danielson in the UK. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be sick. Um, but yeah, Dana was like super, super happy after the show. And it's cool. Cause like on paper, yeah, there's a lot of people like from the UK that were on this card, but like, no really huge names really for the most part, but the, the card, just the energy and just all the finishes and stuff. And, and um, I mean, even like the, the opener was uh Muhammad Maki I'm not sure exactly how to say his last name, but he's, he's just debuted in the UFC and he wins in like a minute uh, with a guillotine show over yep. Cody Jordan. Like, Anyway, and by by the way, I, I did a DraftKings thing, just like a free one. Um, uh-huh. Got all my picks right again. This is the third third card in a row where, like, I sh- I had a friend ask for some predictions the other day for this card, and I won him seventy bucks. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to start throwing on parlays for some of these. Yeah. Um, but, um, but like, like Paul Craig. I, yeah. This dude does this to everybody. He's down. He's down on his back, getting his ass yeah. kicked, and it just doesn't matter because he's eventually just going to get you in a triangle. Like, I really like the idea of him and Anthony Smith. Me I too. think that's in a good Glasgow. fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that fight a lot. That was another thing about this card. They're all booking themselves for like stuff that makes sense. Yeah. Like that. That happened. Um, Arnold Allen called out. Um, By the way, know? what what do you do with Dan Hooker? That's tough because this was his move to featherweight. And yeah, it's, and didn't it's go not well. Gonna... And he looked he looked awful. Not not necessarily in the fight because I just think that Allen's better than he is. But just like just the weigh in everything, like he looked really drained. Yeah, yeah, he's in a tough spot. He'll always put on entertaining fights. I think he just won't ever reach like the world title level. Unfortunately, right. at any of these weight classes now featherweight itself is so ultra stacked i always talk about how that's my favorite division in the ufc like because arnold allen is like around the top 10 and he's a killer like 
these guys are all killers in that division. Um, Hasn't he won like nine in a row or ten in a row, something like that? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it was uh, Arnold Allen called out uh, Calvin Cater after the fight. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, were down do for it. that. Yeah, that'd <laughs> yeah. be great. Um, that'd be awesome. I mean, and then we got like we got Volkanovski versus Korean Zombie coming up soon. Soon we got Yair and Ortega. I'm pretty sure are supposed to fight each other soon. You got Josh Emmett like needs a fight soon. Uh, Bryce Mitchell's on the come up, and he's the only guy with like a real like wrestling base out of any of these guys. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, Max Holloway once he's back from injury, he'll be in. He'll probably get a title shot or, or maybe one fight then a title shot kind of thing. I mean, it's gonna be yeah. that division so damn good. But yeah, Arnold Allen went out there and because he's well way more well rounded than than Dan Hooker. But he right. decided, like, I'm going to try to knock out this this guy who's known for kickboxing, who trains with Adesanya and Volkanovski, with Eugene Behrman. Like, I'm going to prove that I'm a better striker. And Hooker did land a couple good ones on him that, like, Allen got stunned a couple times, but he stuck to it and just bull rushed him and finished him in the first round. I mean, hell of a performance from everybody. Gunnar Nelson, I don't know how he didn't submit um, – Sato, like, I don't know how, like, he had him in the same position on his back for all three rounds and just could never, but Sato had really good, you know, defense, but there was just such great performances. Molly McCann with a spinning back elbow that, like, damn near killed the chick. I mean, like, that was bad. What a good show. Tapora and Herbert in the opener of the main card. That went back and forth. Like, it looked like both guys, one guy was going to win, the other guy was going to win. They are both dropping each other. Main event, Tom Aspinall, big coming out party, just destroys Alexander Volkov. I mean, who who was, and and everyone's talking about Aspinall being like the champ. Like, a lot of people really believe in him. The, The heavyweight division is such a mess right now. And I really have no faith in John Jones fighting this year. Like we're, yeah. we're already in March about to be in April. Nothing's even being talked about. Like if you're going to do an interim title though, he makes sense. Even though it's crazy. His first heavyweight match would be a, for the interim title. And like, I just, I mean, he could beat Ty to Avasa possibly like, you know, just based on um, skill, but I, I don't know. That's such a mess over there. It's Stipe would probably have something to say too. I, I, to me, the closest thing which you would do is Stipe versus Tai to Avasa, and then go from there. I, I just think John Jones just doesn't even factor in this right now. Yeah, and and if Stipe is not ready to go, or he doesn't want to fight anybody except for Nganu or whatever, like Tuivasa is next up for a title shot, in my opinion. I like, agree. You know. Um, and that's the thing with Tom Aspinall. Like, if you look at his record, because I, I did choose Aspinall in the main event as well. Um, and he he's won his he last light favorite. Just a yeah, slight. Which, I was surprised he was a favorite though. Like, based on experience, he shouldn't have been the favorite. Yeah, um, but it was a hometown kind of thing too. I right. Guess. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's won his last eight in a row including uh, when he really got on my radar was when he beat Andre Arlovsky. That was a, yeah. like last year. Um, beat him with a rear naked choke, like, pretty easily. And, like, Arlovsky's beaten everyone else except for him that has, like, been in that position last few years. Um, but his last three wins are Andre Arlovsky uh, by submission with a rear naked choke, uh, Sergei Spivak with a TKO uh, with elbows, and then uh, submitted Alexander Volkov. So those are his last three, and... He's honestly. I would, like, I would like to see him possibly face like uh, 
maybe like a Curtis Blades or something like that. Well, Blades is fighting Chris Dawkins this weekend. Yeah, that's um, and I could see him fighting the winner of that. That would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. if not, Aspinall versus like a Derek Lewis or or Tai Chi of oh. Asa, like we were just saying. Surreal God's got to be in this equation too. Yeah, he's just it, it, he's in a really weird spot because like he just had that fight with Nganu and like I I think he he could really fight any of these guys, but I kind of want to see him fight like a uh like maybe him and Volkov would be a good fight, like stylistically, yeah. and they're both coming off losses. Maybe um, maybe uh Gon versus Arlovsky. You know, I'm down for that, especially because if Arlovsky somehow wins, like he's a contender again. Mm-hmm. So I actually like not, that idea it's a lot. Kind, if not, then it's kind of like you know probably a farewell fight almost. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm convinced that he's going to fight forever at this point. But anyways, I, I think that that's kind of a cool fight. He's been on a little bit of a run, so why not? I like that. I like that idea a lot, actually. Arlovsky versus Sriel Gone. Um It's wild. They didn't have Arlovsky ranked in the top 15 on the UFC rankings. Um, I'd, I'd probably have him over, like, Walt Harris at this yeah. point. And, like, Blagoy Ivanov, even, maybe. He lost to Augusta Sakai, so I see why Sakai's on there and he isn't, but... Arlovsky's got to be ranked like 16 if he's not in the top 15. I mean, he's one is, I mean, his last like seven of eight or something, something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved this, this card, like literally from the, the first prelim fight all the way through the main event of the, the main card. And I, and I liked the start time too. Like it was a, an earlier show. Um, you know, I think it started at 4 p.m. The main card. I think the whole thing started at like 1:30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so yeah, that hats off to the UFC. Like this was just a damn good show from top to bottom, and a lot of people really broke out in this too. Like, like Molly McCann might not be in like she might not be the next challenger for the flyweight title, but like her name's definitely way more yeah. out there now than it was before. Um, or same with the guys like Arnold Allen and and Paul Craig, like people at light heavyweight got to take him super seriously right now. Like if you look at his record, well, and I think I think another big thing about that too was is it's just the return of UFC on international ground that means so much because that's what we were used to. We were seeing yeah. fighters fight in England and Brazil and Abu Dhabi and all this. So it's like it, it gave you a different crowd environment, a different, you know, Colby calling the Brazilian people filthy animals and stuff like you. You had moments built because of certain things happening. And when you were, you know, during the pandemic and it's just like no crowds at Vegas uh, for fight nights and then big crowds for pay-per-view now. But it's just the same spots almost, you know, Florida. Texas, Arizona, back to Vegas, Florida, Texas, Arizona, you know, it's like, so it was just nice to go to a place that hasn't had anything. And then they just totally delivered and the stars delivered. And it, it was just like that just perfect chemistry, but I hope it leads to more fight nights being in front of live crowds again, because it's definitely missed. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there is somewhat of a charm to doing some of them like in the performance center or yeah. performance Institute, like some of the smaller ones, but like they're the, yeah, this is, 
if they had a show once a month and it was in the UK and it was this kind of crowd, I would be all for it. And they're, yeah. and they're, they're starving for these guys too, right now. Like we were saying for the market, cause I mean, Bisbing was like the first real big breakout star from the UK. And that was like 20 years ago already. You know, you know what I love too, is that Eddie Hearn was sitting next to Dana during the entire time. Oh, I didn't even and know he's that. Like, that was the first UFC event he's ever been to. And he's heard about, it. he's always been a fan but he's never really experienced it. That was the first one he's been to. You know his ass went home depressed as hell and was like, yeah, boxing is not this at all. Like, I don't know what they're doing over there, but that was incredible, you know? Yeah. He's like, there wasn't but, one real star on that entire thing, and the crowd was right. like, and then, he's like and, then, and then he's like, how much are you paying this guy? $107,000? And he gets that reaction? It's like, yep. Like, yeah. wow, I'm paying Anthony Joshua $20 million, and he can't even get that reaction. And he was at the show, Anthony Joshua. He was in the crowd. I saw him there. Right. Um, And, yeah, he didn't even get that much of a reaction, I don't think, when they put him up on the screen, Um, which is kind of deserved. He's kind of been coasting. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, man, that's really all I wanted to say about the UFC London card was that it was it – was, fire and like i mean shout out to guys like aspinall and allen and template see that's what i love about the ufc so much is that the fighting just takes care of everything you don't have to worry about booking you don't have to worry about making sure this goes this way or this way and then when everyone says oh there's no more stars they've all left ronda left connor's left there's no stars and then it's just like one week you're just sitting there watching the fights and you're like, oh man, that guy's going to be a star or, oh wow, that's a performance. And then it's just like, I can't wait to see him fight this person. And then it just keeps going and going and going until you've got 10 to 12, 15 stars, you know, and it just keeps recycling. And people keep telling me that it, eventually that will stop. I've been watching since 2002. I've been ordering pay-per-views since 2002. Like it is not, is never stopped. There's always... Uh, stars created because the fights just take care of themselves. Yeah, and and even when even when you think that like the well is running dry and maybe there isn't a new star, someone like Glover Teixeira just has like a resurgence and like you right. know what I mean. Like it's Charles Oliveira, yeah, the guy that you think is nothing left and just boom, you know exactly. Your RDA, remember? Like I couldn't believe right. RDA won the world title when he won the world title. Yeah. And like and obviously, he's been great I thought. Ever since. I thought he was wa getting washed towards the end, uh, and then he just absolutely destroyed Mokano. So, I mean, like, you just, just don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, this definitely reinvigorated a lot of my uh, my love for MMA. Like, I'm always going to be a fan. I'm always going to keep up with it. But, like, this was the first time in a while that I watched a show, and I was, like, really marking out during a lot of it just, like, as just a fan. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this this, yeah, this was awesome. And and like I said, major shout out to Paul Craig. Like this yep. dude, this dude. I I I think him and Anthony Smith is perfect. And yep. if he beats Anthony Smith, he's way up there, like to potentially fight. Uh, you know, the winner of uh, Glover and and Prohaska because they got to. I know that got pushed back a little bit. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like, yeah, see, that's by, and by the way, they're they're gonna do Brandon Marino and um, Figueroa uh, for Figueroa. They need to. They need to, though. It's just wild, yeah. though. Like, the fact that and, – and that's that's why I think that Colby and Usman is probably going to happen again as well. Like, 
And I know that it's not necessarily even needed, but I just think that they're more open to it when fights are close and they deliver. Like, I just think that they are, um, they're, they're more about it than they've ever been before. Well, with them, especially because they went to a draw the first time Marino submitted Figueredo the second time Figueredo won a very close decision the third time. So they're one, one and one against each other. They're clearly the two best guys in the division and nobody else in that division right now is like really standing out as like neat, like undeniably needs to have a title shot right now. Um, Cause like right under them, you would have um, like Askar Askarov and Andre Pantoja are kind of right there. Kaikara France, like he's interesting because of his kickboxing skills and he's looked really good lately. But that's yeah. really pretty much it. And like in comparison to doing Marino and Figueredo again, like that's just such a bigger matchup than, than throwing a guy like Pantoja in there, for instance, just doesn't have the kind of name value. Um, so I, I normally I'm not for having like four fights because especially because they haven't had any row. other opponent. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They're so this is back to back to back to back. These are the only two guys each of them has fought for the last four fights. I would normally never advocate for it, but like in this situation, this, in my opinion, this is the right, the right thing to do for these guys. So, and for the fans, all the fights have been good. So um, it'd be different if these were like three fights that sucked and there was like a really, it was all really lopsided and stuff like this is, these guys are pretty damn evenly matched up. Um, and, and obviously like Marino, I think is the most, he has the most definitive win in this series. Cause he does have that submission win over Figueredo, but Figueredo won the last one. So like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta run it back. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Very uh, interesting. Um, uh, what I wanted to say real quick is, Man, shout out to 2K. They made a pretty good game. Like this, this WWE game is pretty damn good. I've been pretty impressed. Um, I didn't play the last d- disaster or whatever, but this <laughs> one's been pretty good. And I am blown away by the creator wrestler. Like the stuff that these people are coming up with is just amazing. There is no there. There are some people that are so skilled that there are literally no differences whatsoever. If the WWE made them and they made them, like you upload, you can upload a picture, so you're definitely going to get an accurate face. But it's a lot harder than it looks. And then I think what they're doing is, you know how like the wrestling decals are sold for figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're getting the wrestling decals and putting them all over their trunks and tights and you know they're scanning their chest so all the tattoos are there the arms so i mean it's literally everything and then you can go into the other side on like image downloads and you can download an image of the wrestler and then you can go to the name of that wrestler under edit superstar or whatever and then you can add that picture there so then when you're doing the screen you have a legit professional picture of the person with the name and it just looks like that they're in the game. Like it's, it's really impressive. So it's like any of the people that are like upset about waiting for the AEW game. I mean, you can have your AEW game there, you know, and there's people that have created Effie and Ninja Mac and Jimmy Lloyd and Atticus Coger. And there's plenty of GCW people there and WCW and, 
TNA and ROH. Like it's kind of like the ultimate wrestling game in New Japan. So um, like they, there's a guy that made a sick uh, Kenta Kobashi. You know, you can do Joe and Kobashi if you want to. In a Ring of Honor know? ring that I'm sure in a Ring of Honor ring that people that. make. You know, like it's just it's wild the creativity and honestly the controls are really good too. Like it's it's a good it's a good game. I'm not the biggest fan on the combo system somewhat, but like what I do like is if you're just a button masher of the same button, if I pick that same button that you're doing, then I can reverse it. So it's like I'll figure out that you're being repetitive and then I can just reverse your strike. And then as long as I beat you to a grapple, then I'm going to win the grapple. And it's just constant back and forth. So it's, it's pretty cool, man. Like they, they did a good job. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of really good stuff about it. Um, I've watched a little bit of the gameplay. I watched some people on Twitch playing it the other day. Um, I probably will eventually get it. The, my, my biggest concern, I need to know the online is reliable. because So far, if, like I'll tell you this, before they put the patch out today, I could not connect to online for, for, for like four days. It just said that like it, it was an error in the database and it wouldn't even let me in. And I was getting super pissed yeah. because all my other games would allow me in, but not this one. And then uh, they put a patch in today and then like immediately I was able to get in. So and, like, have you tried doing like tag team matches with, with anybody and like see, cause some uh, the my, my biggest problem with these games is a lot of the time, like certain things online just won't work. Like me and my brother will both get it so that we can mm. play tag team matches online and then I we're constantly you. getting kicked out of matches or like the match ends and then it just freezes and we have to restart the thing over and over. If they fix the online stuff to where like I can play this with other people that have the game and it not be a problem, I'll yeah. definitely get the game. But yeah. that's unfortunately been the problem for like years and years now has been not only the online play, but even just like getting booted from, from stuff so often, which is super frustrating. Yeah, I haven't really messed around with online too much, so I can't say too much about it. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's super it's 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 a super proof. I'll tell you one thing that's really cool though is like when you break the table now, it just doesn't disappear. Right. When you break a table, all the pieces are still there, and uh, some of the moves are super sick. Like you're like, wow, they did that, and you can bounce off ropes, and like it's really really uh creative and it, it has a lot of cool stuff but i mean like there's built-in stuff in there that they they knew people were gonna do like adam cole does with his interest he does boom you know yeah. and like like come on you knew it was gonna be adam cole um cm punk he does his thing you can do the gts for his finisher like it's very uh it's very crazy all the stuff that's available in that game yeah like i said all the, all eventually I mean, if I can get some feedback from if you're listening to this or whatever, just and you're playing the game, let me know how the online has been holding up. Um, if it's consistent, I'll probably get it. And if I don't get it right away, like those games go on discount usually fairly quickly, like after a couple months, um, they'll do some sort of promotion usually. So maybe I'll wait until then. I don't know. I mean, me and my brother were literally sitting around the other day, like on the fence about just buying it but then we were yeah. like we were looking at each other and we're like if you get it then i'll probably get it too that's two purchases and if we're both doing it to play online the online doesn't freaking work again we're gonna feel like we just got screwed out of our money because my other thing is like 
if I want to just play like story modes and that kind of stuff, I own every SmackDown game since the original SmackDown on the PlayStation. Like I could go back and just play through story modes and stuff for like any of these games that I already have. But I do like that they changed up the the system. Like you're talking about the reversals where like you're you're if you're mirroring their buttons, then that's how you reverse stuff. I like that way better than just like hitting L2 over and over again or whatever. It is yeah, it's not that. It's not that. And then what's dope too is the Rey Mysterio career mode thing they have mm-hmm. where it's like they show like, okay, you say you'll pick Rey Mysterio and Shawn Michaels from Raw. And then they'll show like what led to it and Eddie Guerrero passing and all that. And it's the Raw tribute. And then they'll like have you do certain things like hit Shawn with this combo. Right. And then like you keep getting check mark, and then it'll actually play part of the ma- the match in real life, and it'll go back to the game, and it'll keep like going back and forth, and then you unlock stuff through there. So that's cool. And then there's like a my rise, which is actually like you go into NXT and you work your way to the top. The only thing that sucks about that is you have to actually create yourself. You have to create a wrestler. You can't just pick like a downloaded wrestler and play. So that takes time. Um, but yeah, there's 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 some definitely definitely some stuff you can do in that thing, and then like I said, with all the arenas you can unlock and like the, and what's cool, man, like WCW looks like freaking WCW from the fans from the sets, like it looks like WCW. So when you have like WCW wrestlers in there, like it just is like wow, this is like the most advanced WCW Nitro game I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you got me definitely interested. I used to, I, I used to go through and create my guy every year too, and like I'd import like Fight Talk logos in there, so I'd be wearing yeah. like my Fight Talk shirt, like logos on my knee pads and stuff. And yeah, I, I used to, yeah, I used to be very, very, very into it. But then it all just came down to like I get, I get tired of just playing the game, and then I'd want my all my replay value would be online, and like yeah. if online wasn't working, that was the problem. But um, but yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm definitely interested. It sounds like a good game and I'm glad that it's a good game because they needed it to be a good game after the last one and taking the last year off and everything. So, yeah, I'm really hoping at this point they don't go with EA. Like, I hope that this is a, this is a big success and they just decide to stick with 2k. Cause if they just keep making advancements based on this game, like they'll, they'll be in pretty good shape. And then who knows what AEW comes out with and, if that's amazing, then they might up their game. Like, we'll we'll see what happens. But I would say this: if I'm AEW, I highly recommend to have a really good creator wrestler thing too, because then people can put the WWE guys in that game, and it can you know be a, a fair trade, right? Yeah, well, and I mean, it's so important for AEW to put out a good video game because I remember back in like the N64 days, I had a lot of friends that had like WCW, NWO World Tour and Revenge and yep. WrestleMania 2000 and, and, and No Mercy and all that stuff. And a lot of them weren't even wrestling fans. Just yep. the games were so much fun. So every now and then when they would watch wrestling with me, they would know who some of the people are just because they played as them so often yep. in the video game. And that's a real, I think, um, it's like a way to really, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like recruit new fans that are like just video game fans to actually get you to become an AEW fan and watch the show if the game's really good. So, um, I agree. Big, um, big, uh, big shout out to 2K. 
Yeah, and I know Kenny just said something recently too, where he's like, "We are very committed to like, like if for him he will he will consider himself a gigantic failure as a human being if this game isn't good. Like he's taking this very very seriously as a gamer himself." So, um, speaking of games, Unkind Esports, thank you as always for sponsoring the show. Um, if you like video games, yeah, if you like video games, um, they're the place to go. They're wrestling fans, they're MMA fans. Um, they play a lot of different games. They're in uh, FIFA leagues. I know they were looking for people recently to play Halo. Um, they do stuff on Twitch. Make sure to follow them on all social media at Unkind Esports and check out their new website, unkindesports.com. If you're into video games, Twitch streaming, anything that has to do with that. Um, like I said, a lot of people in their community that are, that are MMA and wrestling fans as well. Rob Van Dam is a big part of the company. Like you'll You'll fit right in over there. If you're a fan of this show, I think you would really enjoy the stuff they do over at Unkind Esports. So um, shout out to them. And also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Fight Talk underscores, where I keep everything updated. There you go. Um, what's crazy, Steven, is next week is WrestleMania, right? Yeah, we'll be doing predictions here on the wow. show. Yeah. So that Tuesday, you know, we'll do the show. And then Thursday morning, I'll be heading to Dallas for WrestleMania weekend. So... That's going to be wild. Um, yes. I can't believe we, it got here. Wow. We'll, we'll probably give away Wrestle Rumble entry on the show next week. So anyone watching this or watching the replay, um, WrestleRumble.com. I know they got some big prizes in the works. I actually, on uh, this Thursday, every Thursday on on the Fightful main channel on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful, myself and Jeremy Lambert do the spotlight. Um, and we, we cover a whole bunch of stuff. Similar to me and Doug, we cover like, different topics from like different companies and stuff. And we always do an interview with somebody that we just find interesting in the wrestling space. And we already recorded our interview. That's going to air this, this Thursday with Matt who runs WrestleRumble.com. So if you want to know more about Russell rumble and know more about him and stuff, and you're watching this, um, cause we obviously bring it up a lot and we give away entries on the show pretty often. Um, I'd recommend checking out the spotlight on Thursday. Um, because, You'll know a lot more about Wrestle Rumble and get hyped up for this Wrestle Rumble contest because they're giving away a bunch of money. They're giving away a bunch of title belts. Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on over there. And uh, I'll give them a plug right now, too. Uh, that's WrestleRumble.com, and uh, their social media is at Wrestle Rumble. So jump in on the contest. I, I, I think he was literally just waiting, like, for a couple days to actually make the Wrestle uh, the WrestleMania contest live because – like they're still like if Cody shows up, that's gonna throw like a whole you know, I mean there's probably multiple yeah. questions that have to do so there's in Seth Rollins. It's probably gonna be like, is Seth Rollins mystery <laughs> opponent gonna be Cody Rhodes? Yes or no? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so if so, how long is the match? Is it thirteen minutes? Is it seventeen minutes? Yeah. Exactly. So but I think he's gonna drop that pretty soon. And I think that uh the uh the belt giveaway is already out. Those are only a dollar to enter and they got like a bunch of uh, replica titles and custom titles and stuff. So um, anyways, um, next week right here on the, on live rounds, we'll give away a, uh, an entry for the Wrestle Rumble WrestleMania contest. Awesome guys. We'll always appreciate the support. Please like the video. If you haven't, it keeps it going. It keeps uh, YouTube promoting it. So if you guys uh, enjoy the content, please like the video. Please subscribe if you haven't. Tell your friends. And as always, we appreciate your support. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yep. I'll uh, I'll hit the intro this time. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. See you next. See you next week, y'all. Um, 
Appreciate you hanging out with us as always. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.